0: Often, being a Nicolas Cage fan can be a lonely road. You may be listening to this podcast right now thinking, you know what, I'm the only one in my friend group who is a Nicolas Cage fan. You may think, my friends mock me. People mock me for being the only Nicolas Cage fan in my town. Fortunately for me, I was surrounded by over 100 Nicolas Cage fans on the 25th of September At the wonderful Prince Charles Cinema to experience, oh oh boy, and did I experience their all-night Nicolas Cage marathon. Which consisted of The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, a mystery film, which turned out to be Drive Angry and Mandy. In what I can only describe as a mind-bending, soul kind of changing, twelve hours of Nick Cage mania. Uh, that night, I had all the intentions to interview people in between the breaks in the films. That didn't happen because it's—I really underestimated like how it would feel to partake that experience and kind of overshot i had all all the intentions in the world i went in with the best of intentions and it just didn't happen however i have managed to rope in three people who were there that night who are graham jones of the podcast nobody asked for daryl edge of the cage rage podcast and ian harry's also of the podcast nobody asked for to talk about their experience how they prepped for the night what they were kind of expecting of the night how they found it how they fared and how they survived 12 hours of Nicolas cage so without further ado i guess there's only one thing to do and that's to get raging with cage So the first survivor of the Prince Charles Nicholas Cage all night marathon to join me is Graham Jones from the podcast Nobody Asked What. How are you
1: Graham? I'm good. I've just about recovered from Sunday, I think. So
0: yeah, so how um well before we get into how it was for you because I'm I'm not sure if you can hear or listeners can hear like my voice is I don't know. I don't know if it's sexier or if, or if it's just like gravel and two ton of cigarettes, but I've, I feel like shit.
1: <laughs> it's like that episode, the episode of Friends where where Phoebe has the the really bad cold. That she thinks it makes her sound sexier to sing. Yeah. So afterwards, you might be trying to like lick tissues just to kind of get your podcast voice back. That Se- sex, sexy Petros. That that may be the case.
0: Yeah, if people, I don't know, if people. Oh, I really like the that's like Barry White period you had of like a a fortnight can you bring that back <laughs> yeah and cuz i've recorded some episodes out of sync as well it's all of a sudden going to be like oh it's sexy oh he's back to his he's back to his old voice he's sexy again so um, <laughs> but yeah um tell me about the podcast nobody asked for what is it about what do you, what, what made you guys do it
1: uh podcast nobody asked for is um kind of i say exactly what it says in the tin. I suppose it's not we we went into lockdown um it well so uh, as of recording it's a year old tomorrow Amazing. um so we've we've got our birthday episode tomorrow coming out um so we're doing it a year it is essentially the idea was we have Ian and I have ridiculous conversations about films all <laughs> the time um in the hypothetical so you know um one of our most recent ones well what a few we've had is like if you wanted to recast um, a movie with the Muppets, what would be what movie would you choose, for Amazing. example? Um, so just all of these ridiculous hypothetical top three lists. I come with three movies, three ideas. Ian comes with three movies and three ideas. Talk through them, have a bit of an argument about who had the best ideas, and we give a top three at the end. Um, the idea was the kind of conversation we'd have in a pub, kind of podcast we'd listen to. Let's record it, let's see if anyone listens, and uh, weirdly a few people have, so it's been good fun.
0: Amazing, so um, as a question I always ask people when they uh, come on this podcast, and it almost feels redundant to ask you, seeing as you're at a all-night Nicolas Cage marathon, but are you a Nick Cage fan?
1: i i am i've definitely been more indoctrinated recently since doing the podcast I, ian who when you speak to him you'll find out he is i mean he's probably at a similar level to, to you and daryl <laughs> um i i'd always like I'd always known of nick cage i'd watched a like a lot of films like the the classic ones i think that everyone's kind of seen like your con your yeah. face-offs um growing up and then it was probably about six months ago, um, Ian picked Adaptation um, for one of his choices. And I hadn't seen it at the time of recording, but I said, look, I'm going to go away. This sounds awesome. I'm going to go watch it. Because it, I think it was um, best movies that are about absolutely nothing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Um, I was completely blown away, and then in the same week, I watched *Vampires Kiss*. Wow! And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no that, that, that is either end of the Cage spectrum, and I love both of them equally. Um, so, yeah. Ever since then, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Cage.
0: I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. I don't know why, uh, but like, I recently had a. Run in with the writer of vampires kiss um because uh, <laughs> i tried to reach out to interview him and right he it was of, nice for him to his research he emailed me back and said oh i've actually listened back to your episode on it like and you guys weren't very like favorable <laughs> towards the film and i was like i kind of like fired back saying Hey man, that was four years ago when I started the podcast. I was very like, it's cool to do you know what I mean it's cool to hate stuff. It's cool to be a, a big old meanie. And I was like, yeah. I've genuinely warmed to that film as I've got older and kind of watched it loads of times and see it in a different light and stuff like that. And it's it ne- it yeah, it never got back to me. And it's kind of like that thing I'm like, oh man, it's it's really taught me a lesson of being nice to people on the internet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had a I had an old boss once who um, slated Comic Sans on Twitter and got in an argument with the guy who invented Comic Sans. Oh. And one of the best one of the best internet beefs I've ever seen. The,
0: the, that yeah, I, I always see that thing with Comic Sans as well when people like dole out that fact, and people love to do it as well. And it's like, uh, actually, Comic Sans is a font that's really easy for people with like learning difficulties and like ADHD to to read. So you yeah. slating that font makes you like a bigot, and it's like, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> um, just just didn't like your font, guys. Yeah, yeah exactly. Too,
0: too cartoonish for me. Um, so what would have been the exact first Nick Cage film you would have seen? Is there a kind of one that stands out to you?
1: I can tell you exactly where it was. I, I must have been, I reckon, 11 years old. Um, I remember managing to convince my nan <laughs> to rent me um from the library not even from a, a, a video <laughs> shop at the time from the library a combination of american psycho and conair wow uh on vhs <laughs> what, what <a> double bill <laughs> <laughs> um yeah american psycho absolutely scarred me um would make a perfect
0: double bill with Vampire's Kiss as well. This is a drum I've been beating,
1: a hundred percent. Because Nick Nick Cage played Patrick Bateman before Patrick Bateman. Yeah, he cr- he crawled for Patrick <laughs> Bateman to walk. Right, a hundred percent. So yeah, that scarred me for life. And then I remember. So like, I definitely watch Con Air through a different lens now. Like that, you know, the scene stepping off the bus is objectively hilarious. Yes. Um, as a kid, Con Air was like the coolest fucking thing I ever saw. I'm
0: of the belief that it is a comedy because like you look at the people it's got in it, like people who are synonymous, like, do you know what I mean? It's got, it's got Dave Chappelle in it. It's like, and yeah. and, and, I, and I, I like to think it's a comedy as well because like Nicolas Cage can't be doing that accent seriously. <laughs>
1: it's, yeah. He's, it's he's surely um, got to be doing
0: it for laughs, right?
1: You'd like to think so. But then again, who knows, <laughs> Cage? Who knows? <laughs>
0: um, amazing. And do you have a favourite Nick Cage film as well?
1: Yeah, it's it's Vampire's Kiss. Hands down, is Vampire's Kiss. Really, it changed my life. It changed my life
0: watching that film. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that, did you guys discuss it on the podcast at all? Can people like dive into you really delving into that film or?
1: Yeah, so we have we have our normal episodes, which are the top three things. And we also do this League of Good, Bad Movies thing because we love a good, bad movie. Yep. Uh, so every month we put two up each, listeners vote on which one we should watch. Um, one month we did do Vampire's Kiss, which is when I watched it for the first time. So you can hear my... Unfiltered reactions to my first viewing of *Vampires Kiss*. Uh, if you if you find that episode,
0: perfect. I'll send. I'll be sure to send people that way specifically in the show notes for this episode. Um, so let's talk about yeah the experience of going yep. to the Prince Charles All Nighter. Um, was this your first All Nighter?
1: Second. What? So a couple of years ago, um, I did the classic horror. Um, All nighter at the Prince Charles, um, which off the top of my head was Friday the Thirteenth, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, Suspiria, Rosemary's Baby, and something else that I'm forgetting. But it was it was a great night.
0: Uh, so how did like what like what were your what was your prep for this one like Did you kind of like hold on to the mistakes you had made from the first one perhaps and like this is how I'm going to play it. Like what, what, what were your kind of like game plan going in? Were you like, I'm going to fall asleep at some point. I'm going to pick a film. I'm going to fall asleep through. Or were you like, I'm going to power through the whole night.
1: So the plan was to power through. I definitely had through the first three films. There were like micro naps. Like I didn't miss big parts, but there were micro, but I've seen those three films multiple, multiple times. Mm -hmm. So it was okay. Um, I one thing I learned from the first time was uh, don't make yourself too comfortable. So I'd I'd gone with an ex girlfriend to the um, the horror one, and she'd like bought like a fleece quilt thing. And I mean,
0: I thought you meant don't make yourself too comfortable, and you took an ex girlfriend. Like like? (laughs) this is gonna make me feel really uncomfortable. So I'm gonna stay awake.
1: I'm gonna bring gonna bring uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm divorced, so I could have brought my ex-wife if I really wanted to be uncomfortable. That's
0: that's the that's the plan for the next one, right? If you really want to stay away, you just got to bring an ex, like just 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 invite a, a harem of ex-girlfriends and ex-wives, it's like you'll, yeah. you'll you'll stay away. <laughs>
1: anyone that's wronged you bring them along exactly so you, so you, you won't be sleeping i'm not sure if you'll be watching the
0: film you'll kind of be like looking over your shoulder all the time but at least it'll at least it'll be an exciting experience
1: yeah so um but yeah she because i know like on the website they're like oh you know you can bring you know wear comfortable clothes bring yourself a blanket all that kind of stuff if you want to stay up and watch all of them don't do any of that um and you also have to tread the alcohol line very carefully. I don't know about you, but if I have like two beers, I'm going to sleep. So it's either a decent amount of beers and I'll be all right, or it's basically none.
0: So I, I kind of made that mistake. Well, no, I did not make that mistake. I, 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 I drank quite a bit just because <laughs> I like, because it was like, my first like time out of the house, as it were. Do you know what I mean? In a long time, yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like, it's going to the big city, baby. Like, do you know I, mean? <laughs> I did the same mistake. I say that I did the same mistake with fright, uh, fright fest, like last month, and it was like I just kind of, I'm, 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 in London. I'm at an an event. Like, yeah. let's go to the pub and then like, yeah, watch prisoners of the Ghostland. I was like. People ask my opinions afterwards. I was like, I think I'm gonna to need to watch it again.
1: Oh, from what I've heard, that's basically even if you haven't been on a big session, you're yeah. gonna probably need to watch it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah. Um so what were your kind of provisions that you brought with you for the night? Were you what, what were your snacks? What what were you what were you doing?
1: So we went um did uh little Tesco trip beforehand. Um it was mostly sugar, and then um, sugar, but in drink form. Yeah, uh, that was that was kind of kind of all of it. I bought some like weird little bagel bite things, and the the Prince Charles website was like, you know what's really good? Take eat some fruit. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll buy some fruit. Uh, didn't eat the fruit because <laughs> because there were there were squishy. Uh, squishy skittles and um and god knows how much chocolate to have instead um but yeah got through those got through about three energy drinks um and a bottle of sprite um i felt it the next i think i felt like the sugar hangover probably more than like the sleep deprivation
0: so i said this with like as me as me and like uh daryl edge kind of like trundled our way back to victoria station afterwards i said i just felt dirty like I, I, fe- uh, yeah. I felt like I'd like, like not just like physically, but like morally dirty. I fe- like <laughs> I felt like I'd just like I don't know, left an orgy or kind of like, like being, Mandy
1: will do that to you. What, it, well, <laughs> oh
0: yeah, or or kind of had a night, had a night on substances and just kind of like that. <laughs> like yeah, like I, f- I think the feeling I got before like watching Mandy when it's like the sun was cut like already up. I was like, this is the feeling of calling a drug dealer at, like, that <laughs> time of the morning going, you're still, you still delivering. Like,
2: <laughs> like, that. that
0: is how... Like, I've, I've, I've done that. I'm happy to say I've done that. And, it, like, I had that same feeling, and it's, it's weird. It's weird that films can do that to you.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, if any film's going to do that to you, it's mad. It's eh? mad. Yeah, yeah, of, of, <laughs> of course.
0: So, um... Let's kind of talk about like the films that were showing and kind of what we yeah what was well what was your what was your expectations of the mystery film of the night
1: So I um because everything was in chron- like I there I had my wish list right and obviously Vampire's Kiss was up there um but because everything was in chronological order that they were showing it in I'd kind of assumed okay we had like I think it was about a 20 year gap to be fair but in the film is going to be in this 20 year gap um and i'd say Ian had gone with i think gone in 60 seconds and that twigged in me i did say i wonder if it'll be drive angry um which obviously it, it was, was. Yeah. um <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> but um there yeah it was that was one i was i was really hoping it was going to be Willy's wonderland because i've not seen that yet and it looks fantastic <laughs> um and it would have made the it,
0: night considerably shorter as well because like 87 minutes long or something like that
1: oh is it yeah that that was the other thing like the the first three they're deceptively long movies yeah like i think all of them clock in over two hours
0: yeah yeah i th- i think the rock is like a good Two two hours twenty
1: five at least. Do you know what I mean, like it's a good. It's a yeah. It's a, a slog, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a fun <laughs> slog. Like, but do you know what I mean it's, it's like a fun a... slog? Oh, it's great. I mean, if 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 for nothing more than the Rocket Man line, <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna stay awake for that.
0: The, the um the, the thing is with the whole like drive angry thing, and like, I was kind of going through because I know that the Prince Charles had left out a hint saying like it's a film we had never shown before and then like yeah i think my in my heart of hearts i was like a film i just wanted it to be and it's not even a film that i particularly like but it's uh dead i'm not sure if you've ever seen that film i haven't uh, no so it has probably one of the most off kilter nick cage performances ever like if you've ever watched the nicholas cage loses his shit like compilation yeah. video it's the film that brought us him saying
2: I fucking, yeah.
0: And just like, it's just kind of like, he's just this absolute maniac called Eddie King, who's obviously just this like coke addled mess. Who's just like, just always like, I think just has these great lines. Like, it, And I imagine in that atmosphere, like it would have been amazing. Like if he said like, Viva la fucking France, the place, the, the roof would have fucking like, would have been taken off of the Prince Charles.
1: Yeah, and actually like the the sa- I don't know if it was because of Drive Angry itself but like I definitely noticed during Drive Angry the crowd kind of started to thin out a bit.
0: D- drive Angry for me, I was like when that got announced I was like I'm going to catch some Zs. Like and that's no slight to the Prince Charles like I I I, I love I I love them but like I was I was I was almost like by that point because I think obviously I didn't know I had a cold coming beforehand. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is... I I felt a bit ropey, but I didn't know why. So I was like, I think I'm going to just try and have a nap here.
1: Yeah. Um, the other one that I was I was half hoping, and I haven't seen the whole thing, but um, is Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. So uh, <laughs> Ian, I'm sure he'll talk about this when you speak to him, but he's... Um, he's in between houses at the moment he's bought a house there's they're waiting for it to come through he's staying at mine um and um he was watching jujitsu the other day and i walked into the living room and it was on and he just rewound it by about 30 seconds he's like you need to watch this i had, bear in mind i don't know anything <laughs> else about the movie just saw this bit and there's nicholas cage is fighting this guy and he starts talking about how he's old and he, how he needs to find like ways to be calm. And then he talks about how he folds hats out of yeah. newspaper. And then he proceeds <laughs> to put the hat out of newspaper on his head and then continue fighting. And it's one of the best things I've ever seen.
2: Yeah,
0: the, 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 the thing is that film, like Nicolas Cage, like brings that film up at least a, a star or two just like oh without doubt and and it's 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 such a it's such a waste considering like the amount of like martial arts talent and kind of action movie talent they have in that film and it's ah oh, it must have been a lovely holiday to cyprus that's all i can say on jujitsu really that i haven't said already
2: <laughs> um,
0: so what, yeah, what were your, what were your highlights of the night? What were the films that kind of like, or kind of, were there moments in films like crowd reactions that really stood out to you or, yeah. what So,
1: it? yeah, I think actually through the first three, like I've, as I say, I've seen them all multiple times. Um, I've never watched, A, I've never watched them on the big screen and mm-hmm. B, I've never watched them with a crowd of people who obviously appreciate Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So that level of like, cheering and laughter and all that kind of stuff it would it it did elevate them it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever gone and what if you've ever watched the room at the prince charles no but like- that is that is an experience like, that's not just watching the film that's an experience yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what i liken it to because everyone's just so into it and like you get those reactions and you know you know, if, if you were if i don't know if they did a 20th anniversary screening of one of these films or 30th or whatever it is going to be soon like a view or something you're not going to get that reaction right exactly but it was it was it just elevated it for those three so i think that was that was massive i really enjoyed that um and then it was my first time watching mandy so (laughs) (laughs) so mandy at 7 a.m after no sleep for a good 24 hours is was a trip and a half (laughs) <laughs> and, and
0: the thing is that the the first like forty five minutes of that film almost like goad you into like at that especially at that time of the morning, it's like it's goading yeah. you into falling asleep because it's it's all hazy oh. and dreamlike yeah. and quite slow. And obviously I think people have this expectation of Mandy to be some kind of like balls to the wall ninety minute like action revenge movie, like gory as fuck and it's not it's a bit more contemplative
1: yeah and it was just and you're right like the way it's filmed as well you do i mean i i was saying oh ian said the same thing like we were sat there and there's um by this time in the morning there's some like really dim lights on the side of Mm -hmm. the walls at the prince charles and as you're looking forward you see these lights in the periphery and it i was convinced on multiple occasions during mandy that there was like people standing at the sides of the rows just like i don't know if they were waiting to get in or whatever and you keep turning around like genuinely like i i don't know don't know if i was hallucinating maybe but um it definitely felt like it what was
2: your
0: what was your what was your first impression of mandy and what i i loved the fact that that was your first time watching it <laughs> right? i love it
1: i mean it was um I'd I'd gone into it as well, knowing very little about it, other than it was, I'd I'd seen pictures of like, like the classic, like Nicolas Cage in the car at the end, obviously, and because you could not buy the like $2,000 mask of it now as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And then we got, um, I mean, we got... Like a a conch shell that summoned um a gimp biker who had like what could only be described as like tools strapped to his head. Yeah, is I, kind of how I saw it. I, I
0: I love that one of those actors who plays like the uh, the black skulls has on his IMDb just the name fuck pig. Like that, <laughs> like that. Imagine that on your resume. Oh, what, what, what did you do in two thousand eighteen? I played a guy called Fuck Pig.
1: I really, really, really got into the role. Yeah. Uh, I really identified with it. Um, Yeah. It's, but it's just, it's one of those, and again, maybe it's because of when I watched it and where I watched it, but it felt, and it sounds really wanky to say it, but it felt like more of an experience than a movie. Yeah. Um.
0: No, no, I, I, I get that. I've like, I've watched it now, like, four times. And, like, I do feel like it is the type of... I'm like It almost, like, works in that setting of kind of, like... Because at 7am in the morning, you have no other, like, excuse but to just let let the film almost wash over you as much yeah. as you can. And I think that is the best way to experience it, is that thing of, like, leave kind of expectations to one side and just kind of, like let the let experience the film as opposed to i don't know trying to like pick it apart or anything and you can like i don't know you can put yourself into it do you know what i mean like it's the thing of like yeah i i I, what once i realized that the film is about grief and loss i just looked at it as like i've had some like significant like breakups in my life and just looked at it through that prism and then i was like Oh, this is this is actually a real sad, fucking like, do you know what I mean like heartbreaking film?
1: Oh yeah, it, it's it is it is extremely. Um, I mean, yeah, it's weirdly you could double bill it with Pig, right? Like in terms of the stuff that it deals yes. with. Um, but I think that the one thing that was was so surreal about it, and again, probably heightened by when I watched it, was the um, it's just that color palette, like mm-hmm. it is it it it's quite disorientating, similar to like in The Colour Out of Space, when it yeah. kind of gets towards that, towards the end of that movie. Um obviously less llamas, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a hell of a hell of a way to experience it.
0: There's like I found myself watching that film. There's a moment when um Andrea Riseber and Linus Roach's faces are like melding between each other and like I genuinely just like it's like I could feel my brain oozing out of my ears at that point because I was just like <laughs> like I've seen this on the small screen like like yeah like three times before or whatever and then like watching it on the picture I was just like I just don't know what is going on like I just kind of like I just like, I throughout that film I was like clutching my chest I was just like and I, I still felt surprised by it as well because like I don't know, like I guess the disorientation of being up for so long. I was like, "Oh, this scene's coming next," and then it's like I'd forgotten a scene. I was like, oh, "Like Jimmy," and then like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm I'm watching like, and what I found interesting was that is the like I don't know if it's like the kind of crowded, thinned out, and people had kind of waned a bit, but like it 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 had kind of lost all like crowd participation by that point, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think because even in Drive Angry, you have bits of it because it's so like over the top and ridiculous. Um, But yeah, you're right. But I don't think you can, like, I don't know that you could have crowd participate. Like Mandy, like you say, when you take it as the film that it actually is, you don't, you know, there's there's no like, you know, it's not, you, you couldn't say like Connor's an action film, but actually it's probably a comedy. Mandy isn't Ma- Mandy is Mandy it's not like it's not Nicholas Cage be, leaning into like being Nicholas Cage I
0: I think it's that thing that the there's that one scene that can get clipped out and kind of shown around as like a part of this like doesn't Nick Cage always freak out in movies that scene in the bathroom In the bathroom yeah yeah but then in context of that film that makes 100% sense because it's like if you had just experienced what he had experienced, like, of course you're going to react like that. Do you know what I mean? Like if anything, that's underreacting to seeing the love of your life burnt alive.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I I don't know that I'd go and, um, you know, smelt a battle axe, um, but maybe if I had access to it, I would. But, um, but yeah, like that scene in the bathroom, like, of course you have a freak out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh oh, I'm still, I'm still trying to get over the fact that that was your, your. Fa- I, I, I kind of want to ask you if it was Ian's. I don't think it is, but I, I'll wait to, I'll wait, I'll wait to speak to him before, before yep. find that out. Oh, that's that's beautiful. What a, what a kind of what a what a way to see that film. I'm kind, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: yeah i i i'm i'm glad i did it it was as i say it was definitely an experience
0: um but as, as i start to wrap this up is, was there any like um i don't know were there any were there any grievances with it not 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 the, not the cinema itself were there, were there any like patrons that did you nothing were there people who I don't know who took, who could you be talking about? Took crowd participation too far. <laughs> um
1: there to be fair in my immediate vicinity everyone was um was very well behaved um even to the point that and I I the one thing that annoys me in cinemas more than people talking is um people getting their phones out uh-huh. because they're invariably really really bright and your eye just goes directly there. Um so none of that what I did hear, I think they were very close to where you and Daryl were sat, oh. was that woman. <laughs> yeah,
0: me, I, I'm sure I'm sure Daryl will be next up on the podcast <laughs> and you will be able to probably hear. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how long that, that, that segment is going to go because I'm sure Daryl has a lot to say about that specific woman.
1: Yeah, it was just, I, I think we were probably far enough away that it wasn't as annoying, but I I, I heard a lot of like, her saying stuff and her being shushed by people throughout <laughs> the movie.
0: When you say people, yeah, a lot of it was me. Like <laughs> I, I think it's because it's like four o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, shh. There is there is there there is crowd participation, and then there is just <laughs> incessant questions about things that the film will explain. Like it's like I.
2: Gosh,
1: yeah. Oh, uh, do you know what? I that is my biggest bugbear of any whenever I'm watching a film with someone and someone asks me what's going on or what what, what who is he? What's that? I like I have seen as much of this as you have. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> Let's see what yeah. plays out. <laughs> that is the yeah, if it's like
0: you the first time watching it with someone.
1: Like Yeah. It's, oh. I didn't direct this. I didn't write it. Yes. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so, or, or,
0: or if you're in the third act and someone goes so who's he then and it's like well yeah this is lost like <laughs> what is the point like there's no point anymore Like, you should no. have walked out at this point um so-
1: uh, yeah absolutely but yeah no other than that it was it was all pretty well managed um i i can't say enough good things about the prince style cinema we mentioned them um, on the regular, on the podcast, it's one of my favourite places in in the world, I think. But definitely my favourite place to watch a movie. Yeah,
0: I, I love it. And I'm always honoured in a way that I'm kind of like, the the podcast is somewhat linked to those guys because of being on the kind of same um, podcast network as the Prince Charles yeah. Cinema podcast. I, 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 I often pinch myself to think like, oh yeah, I'm like kind of like, I've got an in there. Do you know what I mean? Like I just yeah, need, yeah. I just need to make the podcast bigger before I could do like a, a caged in presents uh screening there. And that, that will kind of be like a, a bucket list item ticked off for sure. Um so we
1: we have con- consistently said our dream would be to put on a screening of Midsummer oh Prince Charles. Yeah. That's that's what we'd love to do. So um if you're listening guys, hit us up.
0: I've I've got I've got like a short list of like not maybe cage films but obviously like coppola family films like there's a, a france ford coppola film called one from the heart and i would just right. i would just love to show that because it's weird and like nobody yeah. no, nobody talks about it but that's probably why it's not being shown at the prince charles <laughs> <laughs> um so before i let you go graham is there any advice you would give to anyone if they are ta- partaking in a, a nicholas cage marathon or any kind of all-night film marathon in the future
1: um just do it like it's out everyone you everyone i've said it to is like you're nuts why are you doing this go sleep like a normal person um it's a lot of fun like especially something yeah obviously you're only going to do it for something that you really enjoy so if you're really in snick cage films go do it it's 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 one of those things that um you will feel shit the next day and you'll probably feel or you'll contract a terrible cold and feel shit for weeks um yeah. but um but it's just it's just a blast like you know life's too short not to we can finally get back into cinemas after a year and a half of not if you can go see an all-night marathon of your favorite films just do it and if you know mandy's going to be on at 7am and you've not watched it before make sure you don't watch it ahead of time because it's an experience
0: <laughs> perfect well graham it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and being a fellow survivor with you as well i feel like we're kind of our souls are bonded together for life now forever second prince charles nicholas cage all-nighter survivor i have with me is the cage rage host my bitter rival and a man who traveled <laughs> all the way from leeds to london to experience 12 hours of nicholas cage mania daryl edge how are you doing today daryl
3: hello petros thank you for inviting me on um i think possibly like you i'm a little bit husky as you can probably <laughs> tell in the voice um so you know there's there's a saying in the cage community you don't come out the same the other side and that's <laughs> physically mentally emotionally true as well so paying paying for the sins of art so, right now
0: yeah so 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 may- it, me and you kind of sat together throughout this whole experience and um the way the, <laughs> the way I can explain our walk to the station after after this kind of experiential night was like I don't like too kind of, it, it was like the beginning of 28 days later just a couple of two zombified men just kind of like wandering the streets of a derelict London just trying to look for sustenance and normality and oh, I, yeah, I mentioned to, to Graham Jones about um something I said to you I said I just felt dirty like physically I was <laughs> like just dirty in my soul um how did you? How did you like? We'll, we'll we'll start at the end and then we'll work our way to the beginning. How did you feel <laughs> after the experience of watching twelve hours of Nicolas Cage on the big screen?
3: I mean, you you can't be the same after that. I don't like. I don't care for what reason you went into it, what intention you had, whether this was technically a business expense for us or if you were um just going as like a, a light hearted laugh or something. This changes you as a person on a molecular
0: level (laughs) like
3: i think that's exactly what i said to you when i came out i said to you uh graham and ian the podcast nobody asked for that i felt like every part of my dna was pulling itself apart (laughs) like i felt like i was on the cusp of crumbling into a fucking pale ginger heap on the floor (laughs) of london and that was going to be the end for me um (laughs) In some ways that's the way I would have wanted to go out. Um I don't it's like almost like a, a a Jean-Claude Van Damme second win before he roundhouse kicks someone out of the window. it by the end of Monday, I think there was kind of like a small surge of energy. Like I felt like I oh gotta have done it, and now it's light, and like my body was kind of like, well, it's it's morning, so we're supposed to be awake now, so I felt kind of okay on the walk back because I was walking back to victoria um but I think the awful thing was just knowing that there was another megabus coach waiting for me so like <laughs> it, it didn't it's like for me you know most of us you just peeled off you get a tube you get a train you're home in like half an hour 40 minutes for me there was the the dread of motorways still to come um it was genuinely an endurance marathon for me in many and respects
0: so i remember seeing like a tweet of yours, like maybe about four or five o'clock in the afternoon when i'd kind of all, i was already home and had like a cup of tea and a shower and just kind of curled up on the sofa trying to stay awake looking after my son and you tweeted something like i finally got home and it then it dawned on me i was like oh yeah fuck i left daryl like I don't 9.40 this morning. It's like he's had like <laughs> a five-hour journey home. Not only did he have a five-hour journey home, he just had this wait at Victoria for at least an hour of just kind of like, oh, man. oh. I don't I don't know like what I'm gonna do with myself.
3: This was genuinely it. It's like so we had like a nice little walk back from um Leicester Square to Victoria, walked past Buckingham Palace. Um, And there was little signs outside Buckingham Palace that says, like, warning, thieves operate in this area, to which I pointed at Buckingham Palace and said, yeah, the fucking queen, (laughs) Um, which I had to high five myself for that, really smashed it, I think. Um, So I think we parted about, it must have been about 20 to 10 or something, quarter to 10. So I was like, well, I've got about hour 15 until my coach arrives, so I guess I'll just mill around for a bit, so... I made the very very depressing decision to get a a Burger King at ten in the morning. It's just it it was it was the physical meat representation of how I felt. It just didn't taste right. It was oily. It was greasy. It was just sad. Just eating that burger at ten in the morning was fucking sad. I couldn't get through it, so kind of just had to just throw it away. It it was kind of like I almost felt hungover physically. It's like the, the. the morning after it's like i couldn't eat I, like the thought of food just made me nauseous
0: i I I, re- I I don't want to repeat myself too much on this podcast but i genuinely had that feeling of like especially when the sun came up like and then it, it was like we got one more film left like going into mandy felt like calling a drug dealer at that time of the morning Like. <laughs> Are you still delivering? Because it just felt <laughs> like, and then when I came out at the end, it was like I just feel, I feel like I've left like I don't know like some sordid sex party to some degree. It just like, <laughs> something about me. I just did. I felt unclean. I not I, I felt like I couldn't tell anyone what I'd been up to. Do you know what I mean someone said like, oh, you know, that that feeling you have when you're like I, d- I don't want people to look at me. I don't. I don't want them to know my shame.
3: Yeah, it's it, it was that weird, the morning after the night before thing of like coming out after Mandy and um you know all the the people who'd still made it through because a lot of people sort of peeled off around the night, um, and all the people like squinting because like the sun was out like a vampire just exposed to like the broken board in that old house and the sun like beams yeah, through, yeah. Um, and it was like this is this is wrong everything about this is wrong this is spiritually wrong this is physically wrong i feel like i'm an affront to god right now like if i was just zapped by lightning it would made perfect sense
0: <laughs> i had that feeling yeah. I, f- I feel like my like goodbye to anyone i'd kind of met or like the people who were outside the cinema it's like even though we shared this experience it felt like that thing of like when you've been at a at like an all-nighter at like a house party or something and it's like you just want to get out of there you you don't even want to like remember these people at all you're just like i just want to i just want to fucking go home i want to get away i want to have a cup of tea like do you know what I, mean? I just want to forget about this yeah. night even though like the thing is like i'm saying this and it sounds like i'm like i i, I had a terrible time it's just that thing of like staying up so late and it's, it's just this weird. I don't know, feeling that came upon me of just like enduring all this Nicolas Cage in one night.
3: Yeah, it was, it it, it was like we'd, we'd all, almost in a Mandy esque way, like we'd all sort of supped from that sort of jar of like psychedelic goop, like we'd shared this, this weird abnormal trip. (laughs) Um, it's like if you, I don't know, it's kind of like, Almost cultish in a way, which I guess a cage fandom is. Yeah, we, we did a podcast, of course, but we're mentally ill, of course we are. <laughs> but it's like it's, it's it's like if you weren't there, and I, I, I sound this, I get this kind of sounds a bit exclusionary. I don't intend it to, but it's like if you weren't there, then it's hard to describe what it was, what this experience was, and what happened, um, and what you were a part of in all of this. And I think for me, um, and I don't know, like I sort of said it to, you know, sort of the collection of us when we were outside, because, you know, we've sort of recorded this at the end of September, the 14th of September, I turned 30 years old. So by default, this is the best and worst thing I've ever done in my thirties. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an incredibly high bar or low bar to set depending on your um, your viewpoint of a Nicolas Cage marathon. And now here I am with that little factoid as I enter <laughs> this next decade of my life.
0: Amazing. Well, before we cut, like, yeah, let's kind of scroll right back to the beginning and something I always ask people on this podcast, and it, it feels very, 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 very redundant to ask yourself this question, but are you a Nicolas Cage fan, Daryl? imagine if i said
3: no well imagine if i said no
0: you never know like i I wasn't the biggest Nicolas cage fan when i started this podcast and i think it's like made for an interesting kind of subtext and meta nature to the podcast as a whole (laughs) because it's kind of like i have been indoctrinated into the cult of cage do you know what i mean i've kind of like (laughs) i'm very much like the um the edward malus of 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 cage fans i kind of i i went to the island i didn't know what was going on next thing i know i'm being burnt in a wicker man and i'm fucking loving it
3: (laughs) that's that's a lovely description i think like i think the short answer is like yes i i am a fan of nicholas cage like i say um of my own accord, my own volition. No one's paid me or got a gun to my head to say this. I do genuinely believe he is one of the greatest actors of our generation, maybe even the greatest. Um, I unironically call him the golden hog of Hollywood because I think he's got a 24-carat knob. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Hollywood wants to churn that for all it's worth, and they fucking should. Um, I think maybe, you know, 10 or so years ago, there might have been a sort of ironicness to my joy of him when I think, this is around the time we had the Nick Cage losing his shit video, which is still one of my favorite videos on the internet. But <laughs> um, For a long time, I was like the sort of the Nick Cage guy. I think every friendship group has got one. But now, you know, as I enter this new dawn of life and arty farty things, I completely embrace that because I genuinely love the man. Um, and having my own podcast, it's been an absolute and again, this, this sounds very sort of namby pamby kind of thing, but it, it it's been a real journey uh watching yeah. all these films and seeing this and seeing this weird transition of um once upon a time beautiful cage in the eighties to action cage. And then suddenly he just got old in the 2010s and he's had this old <laughs> face for about 30 years. Um but I, I genuinely love the man. Um anytime there's a new cage film, it's it's, it's exciting. For me, um, and obviously not to go too much in a tangent to this, but to do a Nicola's Cage podcast um, as someone who deals with like mental health issues and anxiety and depression and stuff, it's, um, you know, and, and this is not ironic. It's given me a weird sense of purpose. It's something I've found a genuine passion in doing. And um, it's 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 a genuine joy to sort of uh, be on this. Weird, well as i call it my journey to true cage nirvana so the only way we'll understand him is by watching everything he's done as you very well know petros (laughs) as you very well know
0: yeah i'm 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 further along the uh the the road to cage nirvana and i'm not sure like i i i I don't want to give you a wizard of odds situation and let you know that there's a just a man behind the curtain daryl like that (laughs) may not be the case we are not at the end of the yellow brick road yet but um I totally understand your points of this like this sense of purpose like I'm I'm somebody as well like it may not come across on the podcast at all I don't know maybe in the way that I kind of sometimes second guess myself and stutter on things but like yeah I'm also an anxiety and the, the depression sufferer and like the joy I feel when somebody like I've never met from Adam says to me like I really like that thing you did. I'm like, that has like made my day. And I've like, I've gone into like doing podcasting on the thought of like, nobody's going to listen. Anything above that line is an absolute bonus. Do you know what I mean? And like, uh, I think I'm not sure who I was. I was talking to somebody recently and they asked me about, like individual stats for episodes so Like, oh, i was like do you check that and i was like i just don't look at that stuff and they were like and they instantly got it and they went oh because like you're mentally you're, you're or at least you're trying to be mentally well do you know what i mean because I, <laughs> I i've fallen down that rabbit hole of like every week going
1: well this episode didn't do as well
0: as the last one I must yeah. hate myself. And it's like, that's not conducive to anyone's mental health.
3: I, I'm a hundred percent in the same boat. I think because when I started the podcast, this was um, April, 2020, which is kind of like uh COVID lockdown one. If you remember lockdown one, we've had about 58 lockdowns since then. Um, but I'd, I'd been let go from my job at the time. I was like, oh, I just decided to do a cage podcast. Like, I had a, I had a microphone, um, I thought it just sounded like a good idea. Stuck with me for a few days because I'm usually a flight of fancy kind of guy. If the idea wanes, then I'm kind of like, oh, they probably didn't want to do it that much. This one didn't go away. Um, and much like yourself, I made a very conscious decision at the start and I was like, um, I'm just doing this for me. Like, I'm not going to look at the stats. I'm not going to let myself get bogged down by analytics and numbers and all of this. I'm just going to set myself... A hobby, and um, I'm just if I if I make this past ten episodes, that's a win. Because I thought I would have packed it in, and I did. Because <laughs> like I'm weirdly enjoying this, and have not because I I'm such a hobby giver upper. I'm usually kind of like like with music, there might be like um like a new song or an album or something, and I'll listen to it like obsessively for like two three weeks, and then I find something else like these just intense waves of like short obsession. But now. This has now spiraled into a almost year and a half podcast that's ever extending because Nicolas Cage will not stop making films, which is great <laughs> for me and you. <laughs> um, I think I looked at, I did look at the stats once. I think it was on my birthday. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to have a look. Mm. I'm just going to have a little peek. And then it was like about two and a half thousand downloads since the start. And I was like, I don't know massively what that means, but it means that someone's listening to this. And I was yeah. like, that's, it's it's like well I'm not unhappy that I look today. It's kind of weirdly reassuring that there's been some uh, reward for yeah, this. I, 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 I guess
0: yeah, like I, I think once in a while is is conducive to just being like I don't know, like yeah, like healthy. Like all the time is unhealthy. And like listening to you speak as well, it's very much made me realise that we are pretty much like the bizarro versions of each other in the way that like uh, I very much am the type of person to kind of throw myself into something for like two weeks and then go like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or like just kind of like flitter on onto the next thing. So it's, it's yeah. it's it's good to hear that Nicholas Cage has not only brought us to some kind of level of normalcy, but also brought us together, Daryl. It's a, it's a, it's a lovely yeah. thing. Um, so Obviously, yeah, you're a Nicolas Cage fan. It's it's a given. Um I would normally ask you you what your favourite Nicolas Cage film is, but like I wanna know what is the
3: worst Nicolas Cage film you have seen, Daryl? Oh boy. Um I suppose taking into account, I think at the time of recording I'm probably up to in terms of films, I've said about seventy Cage films. I'm just finishing up 2014 on my own podcast at the time of recording. Um, This this is going to sound like an obvious choice. Left Behind was pretty bad. Yeah. Left yeah. Behind was pretty garbage. It's kind of like, I think that was one of the few films, and that was an episode I recorded like in October or December of last year or something, so I've been sitting on it for a long time. And listening to it back when I was recording it, I think it's, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's so bad, It's it has to make for a good episode because there's so many things to pick apart, but I, it just brought back the memory of um, just watching it on a day off from work, on just a random afternoon, like at one, three in the afternoon or something, and I remember distinctly, one, being baffled by the fact, I don't know if it is now, but at the time I was like this is actually on netflix this is a film that is on netflix i didn't have to work or torrent this to find it this is a film i can just get what the fuck um and it's one of the few films that i've i think paused about four or five times as it was playing to just put my head in my hands and actually at my tv shout fuck right off um it's bad it's a, bad right it's not like it
0: like there there's like a level of like fun bad but it's just like and it feels like cage is like almost like scared to offend the christians do you know what i mean it's like so he just like he is a cardboard cutout of himself he like there is no cage isms in it whatsoever like i'm i i think you're the same as me in, in like a proponent of believing that even the bad films, Cage will deliver something interesting, and that, I think that's the one where it's like, yeah. Even he just feels like he is like on the other end of a phone, going, "Here's my lines. You know, I'm Raymond Steele. I'm a pilot heading to London to see you 2 It's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah,
3: yeah. I've I've never been privy to a film before that hinged on you two as a plot point as much as Left Behind did. It's almost a blessing for Cajun that that the that the film has about 20 different characters it wants you to feel emotionally invested in, all of which are vacuous pieces of shit yeah, uh. and just all equally very, very bad. Um, but I think his acting style, is, it's very similar to what you said. You know, like, if you're trying to have a chat with someone, but they're kind of just glued on their phone, you're like, oh, this thing happened today. And they're just like, oh, yeah. 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 That's That's his uh acting style the guest i had on for it alex keely comedian alex keely says he's he was the equivalent of tap water in that (laughs) film which i think is you know very very on point in a a hard Um,
0: water area as well not even good tap water
3: (laughs) tap water in a hard water area and i've had my share of hard water um but it's you know, I'm sure there'll be some some stinkers to come as well. But I think, like you said, even with some of the other just bona fide stinkers, like uh, USS Men of Indianapolis, um, the Men of Courage, I think it was. Yeah. Weirdly long title. Even that one where he's kind of like, it's just a very bland cardboard performance from him. It's almost. I think the film is kind of redeemable because it's unintentionally hilarious when the crew gets attacked by sharks. Um but he's just kind of there, just being just like sad on a boat. Um, yeah. and then you watch an interview with him saying, I've always wanted to act in a film at sea. Like, really? This but, this was it? This was the film?
0: It it's a it's a very weird film, that one, because it is a story that is told in jaws. So obviously it's based on a real story. And it, I think it's Quint who tells the story of being out at sea being attacked by sharks and kind of surviving. And but like the film like is like oh there's such a fun idea in that of like being able to like i don't know do this film about like people being stranded out at sea but uss indianapolis men of courage decides to go you know what do you know what we thought was a good film pearl harbor and then it's like do you know what else (laughs) we thought was a good film a few good men so it's like we'll just kind of bunch up the interesting part of the story into the middle, and then we'll put Pearl Harbor at the beginning and a few good men at the end. And it's yeah. it's a really disjointed mess of a film.
3: Yeah, I think my favorite part, I think it's when it got to the credits and it was just them announcing that they they screened this film for like the survivors of the USS Indianapolis. And I couldn't help but think, like, if you were one of those like surviving crew members, you'd think this is my legacy. Yeah, this is it. And this this random 2017, 18 Nick Cage film. Are you fucking? I watched my friends die, <laughs> mauled by sharks, and this, and this is it. Um,
2: oh, I, I cool. couldn't
3: find. It's like I couldn't find it anywhere. And I fucking rented that on Amazon as well. And that film has my money. I um, um I've got a,
0: a. I think it's a sickness that I I have this urge to own every. Nicholas Cage film on physical media, so I, I own that on DVD.
3: Oh man, I'm oh, man, more power to you. Doing the Lord's work, so no one else has to own it. <laughs> that's so one, that's one person you've saved. So good on you. So um
0: yeah, another question I would always ask is, um what was the first Nicholas Cage film you ever saw, Daryl?
3: To my knowledge, I believe it was Gone in sixty seconds. Um, so I would have been like seven, eight, nine. Oh uh, well, less than ten when it came out. And I always thought this film came out like before Fast and Furious, and it didn't, which blew my mind. So like in, in my head, I was like, "Well, this clearly inspired the Fast and Furious franchise." But um, I remember like friends renting it and like stopping around their house, and um, I think that they sort of had a little I guess a thing for cars as. I guess preteen, some preteen boys did back then. I was never really into cars myself, but I just remember it being like a, be like a, a silly action film where some cars were driven. Um So that was kind of my my first memory of him. And um, I remember thinking the film was all right. Obviously, watching it, the, the the joy of nostalgia, going back to some of these films later on. You like, this isn't. This isn't the film I remembered. I forgot forgot Christopher Eccleston was in it. I completely forgot Christopher Eccleston was the bad guy in that film.
0: That has to have, like, that weird quirk that he whittles, doesn't he? He's like a carpenter, and that's, like, his quirk as a villain. It's a very bizarre film, and I I hate to pull rank here and kind of uh, show you up, Daryl, but Gone in 60 Seconds predates Fast and the Furious. I don't mean to assert my dominance as the um as, as, <laughs> as, as the as the uh the cage scholar who who knows the release dates, but Fast and Furious was two thousand and one. Fast uh, Gone in sixty seconds was
3: two thousand, baby. I always knew you were a piece of shit, Petros. I always knew that about <laughs> you. <laughs> This is why people say that we should start beef. Yeah, why, um, why
0: why why do you think I was so nice to you on uh, that the, the Saturday of the marathon, Daryl? What's the what's the famous saying? Keep your uh, en- uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer.
3: Friends close and rival podcasters closer. Yeah,
0: no, mate, <laughs> I, I'm am only messing with you. No, just because, as you were saying it, it really like I was like, did it, did it? Did it like? This, is the, a...
3: <laughs> this is the thing they they released it's kind of close together and like in my head for ages i was like i always thought fast and furious released first because then there was just it was just fast and furious and fast and furious and fast and furious so i think for a while um i thought that like gone in 60 seconds was kind of just a fast and furious inspired knockoff and it just wasn't it wasn't it's actually uh fast and furious was gone in 60 second knockoff and i'm gonna you know stick with that until I die and die. Take With, that.
0: The thing is, I always think about a like alternative reality where that becomes a franchise. Where it's Memphis Reigns and his like band of merry men taking on all of like I don't know, taking on the world and the world's ills. They're going to Dubai. They're going wherever and whenever they like. They're going to space. But instead we've got Finn Diesel and his band of merry chumps
3: yeah in a, in a different timeline it would have been um you know nicolas cage saying that you know the most powerful thing is family <laughs> we were so, we were so close to nicolas cage being at the, the forefront of a franchise oh. Oh, what could have been what, what could have been?
0: been um that that's a that, that that's a perfect entry but was it were, were you were you enamored then or did it take some time for you to become enamored to nicolas cage
3: I think it took some time. I think I always knew who he was because he was kind of like ever present. Yep. But I like I don't think uh I, I think at that point in my life I wasn't watching a film just for the actor or actress. It was just uh, you know, or certain personal people. It was just watching the film for a film's sake. Um So I'm trying to think what film it would have been that really sort of put him on the radar Because I mean, like I said with the Nicolas Cage his shit video, I was like he this is a lot of screaming for one man. Has he really done this much losing of shit? So I think I was always aware of him in the background and sort of aware of, you know, um, the man when that came out being like just a memeable shit fest um, for better or worse. I think it wasn't until really I went to sort of uni that I came a bit more enamored with him because that's what happens when you go to uni, I guess. You just kind of find... (laughs) Find things that are weird. Um, I remember, like there was a friend of mine at uni, uh, Andy Field, who I had on the episode for the podcast. Um, I think it was my first or second year. I think we'd had like a falling out for some reason. But instead of being in his third year and doing his dissertation, he took the time to personally re-edit the entirety of the Wicker Man, so it was just Nicholas Cage scenes. Amazing, um, and and it was just a ride. an absolute ride um so i've just uh so i think just grown in admiration for him as as, uh as time has gone by
0: definitely that that sounds like i has he still got that edit i would love to see that I'm i'm trying to think how long it would be like i don't know cage is in that film quite a lot right
3: yeah i mean i'd I think he 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 was working on it for a few days and when I like there was just like a DVD on the floor of like my second year house. Um and I started watching it. I was like, I know what they like, I know what this is now. And I was kind of like, the effort. This is almost like the modern day equivalent of making someone you like a mixtape. I was like, the effort that's got into this, I was like, I can't I can't be mad at you for this. Like, this is <laughs> this is like we are at, we we are absolutely good <laughs> um you know this is a lifetime pass as far as i'm concerned i don't know if he has the edit anymore i think it's one of his old computers i wouldn't expect him no, no, no you wouldn't expect
0: that 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 that's the type of thing that needs to be needs to be like burnt on the hard drive and just kind of thrown away like it's like the mistakes you made in your past um so obviously we're yeah. here to talk about the Prince charles all night nicholas cage marathon and um One of the things I wanted to know was how did you prep yourself? Was this your first all-night marathon? Uh,
3: It was. It was. um, I don't know if there was any prep, to be honest. Um, It was kind of a very last-minute thing for me to go because I was kind of eyeing it up and kind of considering it. um, And it was basically the Friday, the day before that, I got my ticket and booked my coach down because I was – My my girlfriend was ill, so I was like, you know, what if it's COVID? You know, we're gonna have to sort of call it off. Um, And then I think it was the helpful tweet from the Prince Charles Twitter account saying, you know, you should get fruits and waters and stuff. So um, just bundled a few things when I was in London on the day. I think looking back, I wish I'd brought like some uh, it's like jog bottoms or shorts or something to get a bit more comfortable with. But um, this was like a very much a. uh, I think it's like the first time you do like a, like a festival or something. You're not going to get it right on the first festival. Yeah. You're going to overcompensate. You're going to take too much stuff. You're going to get it wrong. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw myself into this, make the mistakes now. If I ever stupidly do this again, I will have learned. Um, I, I think I was hoping to be a bit more prepared for some naps, but that did not happen either. I th- I think one of the things I
0: was like – looking back on it that i kind of wish i'd done a bit more was treat myself a bit more like instead of like just having snacks that were like kind of like this is for sustenance it's like bought myself a couple of bags of sweets or something do you know what i mean like just yeah. get that kind of like like i don't know like little cheeky sugar rush as well as kind of like chomping an apple a film and like munching some blueberries or whatever do you know what i mean like instead of like
3: yeah yeah, that's I think exactly the same boat. Like, I got like you know, a uh, bag of four Granny Smith apples, mm-hmm. just the acidity of that just did me no favors <laughs> whatsoever. Um, I regret having that popcorn at the start of the night, that just turned to mush in my stomach. That was a mistake. I think after it might have been after face off, or maybe even Conair, I got myself a bag of minstrels from upstairs. Uh, hashtag not an ad, other sweets and confectioneries are available. <laughs> um and that was like a nice little pick me up, I think. That sort of got me alert again. Um I, I think I'd take a bit more of a range of stuff though next time. Some fruits. Like a little treat here and there as well, a little rewards, like a good for being a good boy.
0: So obviously as your first um all nighter, what were your expectations? Like how did you kind of like feel it was gonna go? Did you feel did you plan any naps in? Were you kind of like Wary that a, a nap could come upon you at any moment, or were you just like, I'm gonna see how the night
3: goes? There was a lot of that, and I was very conscious that like by the time the event actually started, you know, I'd been up I've been up for like 14 hours by the time the event actually started. Um so I, I think there was almost a pressure to stay awake for the first three films, which were The Rock, Connet, and FaceOcks. I was like, these are arguably You know, as you call them, the testosterone trilogy, these are three of the biggest Cage films. And in my head, I was like, this is kind of disrespectful to sleep through these um, cornerstones of sort of the Cage empire. So I was kind of thinking, like, um, you know, we'll we'll see what the mystery film is. Maybe I can, like, get in a nap through there. Which turned out to be Drive Angry, um, which was like, okay, you know, I'm not... I'm not ecstatic about it. I'm not miserable about it. Maybe I can get a nap in here. But as I quickly discovered sort of the space between seats as well, like the row in front and where like the arms, the armrests were, that in addition to the fact that I'm a six foot four man, I'm a long boy, it is very, very hard to get comfortable with that limited <laughs> space. Um so like try as I might, I tried to like force myself into positions, try and get myself as comfy as possible. I could not nap for love nor money. You couldn't have paid me enough to nap. I was for some part of it, I was almost napping, well considering just taking a nap on like the aisle by the seats. I was like, fuck this. I'm out. I was like, I can't I can't do that. I'll just be asked to go back to my seat by the staff or something. I was like, I'm not gonna inconvenience someone who's like pulled the cage night shift for this. And then I was like, okay, well maybe I can get some nap time back on the, the bus back and Turns out I cannot nap on coaches either. <laughs> um, so by the time I got back, it was like said it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. I'd been awake for about 36, 37 hours. At that point, I think I had a little nap from like maybe like th- maybe three or four. Whenever it was, I got back home. I'd say like four till eight or something, or five till eight. I like about three hours, then had some food, which I just um just couldn't get through. Then ended up napping for another like 15, 16 hours. And then, and then felt suspiciously okay the following morning. <laughs> Tuesday, I felt fine. And then Wednesday, which was yesterday at the point of recording, it was just like I felt like a pre illness. And then today, I've woke up with this husky voice and feeling like each passing hour, I'm just going to degrade into something demonstrably worse than before so so i think it's part of it. it's like you just you've got that adrenaline kind of keeping you alive and it's like my, my uh and partner had like whatever they call it like the mega flu mega cold that's going around that's not quite covid yeah, yeah yeah um so the way our relationship works is that she gets ill and then i get the ill but worse so there's a part of it there as well so i think either way even if i hadn't have come to the marathon this was
0: this inevitable. was always going to
3: happen. This was inevitable. <laughs> this was the, the basically
0: the the, the fados of of your existence. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this 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 is perfectly balanced as all things should be. Now she's healthy and I'm sick. Um, it was it was strange as well because like this was the first time for me going to like the prestigious Prince Charles Cinema as well. This is my first experience going there, and you know they've got um, there was the lady who introduced the evening, and you get that still saying like. It's like a, the Rock at half nine, and then it was like uh, Face Off at twenty past twelve. And I was looking at that, thinking like, I don't remember the Rock being this long, or however long it was. Um, well, no, between films,
0: obviously there was the the like cod air in between. Yeah, the Rock is long. Like, yeah,
3: of course, yeah. Well, like, like,
0: so you talked about the mystery film being uh, Drive Angry. What were your kind of predictions? Or, like, let's talk about, like, what you thought it could be and what you really, and your heart of hearts, wanted that film to be.
3: So I'll be honest, like, I didn't even consider Drive Angry Thor. um, So so I guess, like, I guess they have to keep something that's maybe tonally similar in a way, because you've got, like, action, 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 supernatural action. Supernatural. Um, so I was thinking, oh, maybe they might do like a ghost rider or something like that. But in my heart of hearts, I think as I said to you during one of the breaks, I was like, I was kind of willing for the Wicker Man. Ooh. I was like, fucking like, come on. You're like Prince Charles, if you've got the stones, if you've got the <laughs> intestinal fortitude, uh, then you will give us the Wicker Man. Um, and then like when it came on, remember like <laughs> just... <coughs> Excuse me, some like the opening credits were like um Miramax and then Saturn Films, and then someone just shouted, and it might have been Ian or Graham actually. Um, you'd have to ask them, and then someone just shouted, like, This doesn't tell us anything. Um, and then, um, <clears throat> oh god, I'm dying. And then Drive Angry came on, I was, I think, the, the, the consensus kind of seemed to be with the people still there, and was like, Yeah. Yeah, could be better, could be worse. Yeah, fine.
0: Yeah, I think, not, like, in not my heart of hearts, it.
3: I wanted it to be dead full
0: just for the, like, sheer mania that would have caused in the room, just because, like, I don't... It felt like people were waning when it got to Drive Angry, right? It kind of, like, came in with more of a whimper than a bang.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to find the, the, the picture I took of the screen. Um Said the mystery film was, the mystery film was at five in the morning. So um, we got drive angry at five in the morning, knowing that Mandy would follow at seven in the morning. And I guess like you just you just don't know how you're gonna be for these films. And I think um, the most stark thing for me was that I guess I hadn't anticipated what the audience was kind of going to be like as well because. You know, the film started and it's just in the credits like starring Nicolas Cage, and it's like 160 people going, Yes. <laughs> and then he came on screen and they're like everyone's like clapping, going like, ah! and then um uh, you know, with the quotable moments, same with like you know, films like that, all like kind Carnage, of, just like, what, oh, the Barney Bagger and the box, everyone's going go like Yes. Um and there's like a lot of laughter throughout the first three films as well, you know, a lot of um people enjoying things maybe a bit too much says like the cage uh the cage uh protector in me um i remember i started coming out of it and just realizing you know like we've basically cheered for five nicolas cage films we've cheered every time nicolas cage has been on screen (laughs) and i think my exact words like you ian and graham were this might be the whitest thing i've ever been a part of um
0: well, I, I, I feel like the whole event was very, yeah, 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 it's white, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're all white, yeah.
3: There was, there was a, there was a, uh, quite a hint of caucasity to the evening's events, <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, it was, it was an experience, it's one, you know, like, I'm happy I did it, so. I, I felt like there was the pressure of the podcast to go and do it as well, to show face, Almost exactly, exactly. But like,
0: what, what, like, I, I, am I'm, I'm, glad. I'm so glad I did it. Like, just for the experiential nature of the whole thing. And um, so what, what were your feelings going into Mandy at seven o'clock in the morning? Because obviously it's a film you've seen before, right? So like, yeah, knowing that that's what you're going into at seven o'clock in the morning. What were you kind of like feeling beforehand? Like <laughs> like well, I I know, I know. Me and you took a shit break before Mandy, right? It's kind of like <laughs> the bowels had broken, and it was like we, we just got to go, right?
3: I think that was uh that was the the physical change for us both. It's like well, we've hit a point now; I've no return. Yeah, and it was like well, we've made it this far, um and then we were just like in in the line for like the cubicles, like a bunch of absolute chumps. Um, just, you know, we couldn't, you know, acknowledge it. we just, you can't make eye contact with anyone. Um, and Again, there's people coming in going, oh are,
0: you, oh, are you queuing up for the urinals? And you just have to kind of look someone dead in the eye and be like, no, I'm queuing up nah. for a stall because I need a shit. Like, that's so you <laughs> might you might as well have said to someone, right?
3: <clears throat> yeah, it's like you know, I made a mistake and I had some popcorn about five hours ago and now my stomach is bubbling with diarrhea. <laughs> um apologies if that was too graphic for you listeners um well that's that's the reality that was the reality
0: exactly we've we've got to tell the war stories right it can't all be like the the victory of it it's got to be the 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 scabs and the scars that that (sighs) made us the men we are today
3: highs and lows ma'am. highs and lows and then you just come (laughs) out of that and go back into like the pitch darkness and find your seat for like like wow man and you're like (sighs) fuck like you know you know last you know, we've got to go the distance here. We've we 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 can go the distance. I can rock you this shit. Um, and then it's almost like just a quiet acceptance of Mandy. Um, I think I might have got like minutes of sleep here than there because I, I think I was kind of just trying to force myself. Like this is the last opportunity to try and get some kind of shit. I in, and it was just a psychedelic acceptance of like things out of your control. Like well, this is happening. This yeah. is the world I'm in now. Um, and here we are
0: i said it to graham that 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 first 45 minutes to an hour of mandy almost will you at that time of the morning to fall asleep because it is that kind of like hazy psychedelic drugged out feeling that the film has that it's like if you are tired this is going to kind of like lull you into this kind of like i don't know almost like comforting feeling that like if you're if you're prone to like napping at that time you're going to probably drift off before the kind of like the mania of all of it hits right
3: yeah it's i think the best way to sort of you know describe it is um as mandy's coming into an end and obviously it's that quite striking visual of like nicholas cage driving that car in blood just like gurning at the camera with that wild-eyed face i was like that's that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right is, now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I wanted to turn to you with that look on my face, like, just to be like, that, like this is like... Uh, and I was hoping for, like, a kind of, like, kismet scenario where we both kind of just turned to each other, like... We probably did, without realising it, probably just turned to each other, like...
2: <sighs>
0: like, like <laughs> if there's an au- <laughs> audio representation of that face that Nicolas Cage does at the end of that film... Because it was like, it's a, it's a, it's a weird enough film, and I'm not sure was that your first time watching it on the big screen, or had you had the opportunity before?
3: No, first time on the big screen for me. I think it's the obviously like a spate of Cage films at the moment, which are quite limited releases. And um, Mandy was one of them. I don't I don't recall it coming out anywhere near to me. So watching it at home on Blu-ray was my first experience of it. But then. That with all the films, seeing them in like glorious thirty-five millimeter um I think it just, you know, it really accentuates the film and elevates it. Um, you know, for the for the cinema purist in you. So it kind of demands your attention in a way. Um so it was just it was just just it, it like I felt at that point um that I that I was on hallucinogenics. Yeah. It was just like this like slack jawed wide eyed just like Uh, uh.
0: that is like the reason i'm glad i went to it because like just having that experience of mandy at that time of the morning is like i think it's the um that the woman who gives mandy like that kind of like oh like that that heroic dose of lsd says like we call this the cherry on the top and that's what mandy felt like to that night it was the cherry on the top of just kind of like we as a cinema, the Prince Charles have like g- drove you through this kind of Nirvana of Nicolas Cage. Now here is the cherry on top of it all. And this, we're going to take you on a psychedelic fucking trip. That's going to blow your mind. And it, <laughs> I, I felt it. I was like, kind of like my mind was melting.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, and not that I've done like you know hard class A drugs before, but I felt like I had on that night. Mm-hmm. Um, it, in some ways, it feels like it's still in my system. Yeah, uh, I think if, if, if at that point, at point, like the fucking Hellraiser bondage leather clad bike riding demons had just come through the uh, the cinema down the aisles and just carried me away, like yeah, cool man, why not? Yeah, why it, not at this point? If a fuck fitting pig
0: had carried you away, you would have been like. this. All fine by me, baby. Oh, yeah,
3: bl- blow your fucking magic green conch and send me to hell, bro. <laughs> bro like, <laughs> well, I've got nothing else on. This, this, this is the way I want to go out right now.
2: Amazing. Whiz
3: me past the Ritz and fucking chuck me through a window, like the working class scum I am.
0: <laughs> so, so obviously, we talked about like. So, was the experience enjoyable for you, Daryl? I might have know that. If anything,
3: it true? was. It, it was. I think it was. I think it took me like a few minutes to sort of acclimatize to what the atmosphere was and what it was. I was actually going through, but overall um, I'm glad I did it. I enjoyed it. I'm in no rush to ever do it again. (laughs) 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 Honest assessment.
0: I laugh, but uh, I I feel the same. If like, it feels like for me as somebody who like now works in a school, I was like, if this happened in a half term, I could have like prepped myself, like kind of like to acclimatized myself to like the sleeping pattern, and kind of got it. So like it was just a walk in the park. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have the time yeah. off before yeah. and after to just kind of like breeze through it. Like oh yeah, I'm doing a couple of night shifts, and then just like flip, flip, flip your clock around for a bit. It would have been like yeah. an absolute, an absolute cakewalk. Um, so let's talk about. Some things you didn't enjoy. And me and Graham mentioned certain somebody who I know very much got on your wick. And we're talking about the lady in the back row, baby.
3: Oh, fucking that row arc hunt. Oh, just it's I mean, how do we even like So basically, there was someone who's never seen a film before in their life. And again, I apologise if this sounds snobbish or like cinematically elitist or whatever, but um, this was someone who didn't realise that the people on the screen are pre-recorded and this is not live theatre and that they can't hear you and talk throughout every single film. Like, was drinking the entire night. You know what, that's fine, that's your right to do so. Enjoy the night as you see fit. But was talking throughout every film, just loudly and i think i don't think people wanted to like say anything in case they didn't get that also i am also spartacus reaction um but she was getting shushed and shushed and shushed and would not shut up and i think as you said she just got just like in face of she's like why are they taking each other's faces off i was like have you not been watching the film <laughs> like I, I, it's like, we all know it's a fucking absurd premise, but, like, there's a reason established as to why they are doing this. How do you not get this? Um, but the and the, just annoying, just would not shut up. And the, the greatest joy, though, sort of skipping through the the 12 hours, is when we were all came out at the end, you know, came out at the other side. Well, like, piled and out like like ants and then she came out looking like absolute garbage like she's been awake for 400 hours hair and makeup all over the place stumbling and i was like that's what you fucking deserve and i hope you, and i hope you've had like a hangover for like a week um at at the point you know i was so just like weird and just like felt all over the place i was kind of like I wanted to and this is gonna sound unnecessarily aggressive and like I don't I don't feel that way now, but you have to understand at the time I'd been awake for about you know twenty-seven hours or so at that point. If she'd died, I would have left. If she's just dropped dead and died, I'd be like, fucking yes. Um, I don't feel that way now. I've slept, I've had time to reconsider that emotion. It is not me, it is not who I am. You just have to understand the circumstances surrounding it. I'd been awake for a long time. A Nicolas Cage marathon, believe it or not, is a lot to go through. I'd been on five and a half hours of Megabus getting there, an hour more than I had to because of, like, traffic. There's congestion on the London tubes. I had another four and a half hours to go of megabuses going back. My day had not finished. I was in no mood for her bullshit. So if she died at the time... I would have probably just high-fived everyone around her that was outside the Prince Charles cinema. Again, I do not condone people randomly, spontaneously dying, um, but at the time, it would have been a blessing. And that's all I'll say without my lawyers present at this time.
0: (laughs) Well, there was a moment, I think it was like near the start of Mandy, where the kind of group in the back row turned to each other and said, we've just run out of booze. Like, I kept hearing, like, bottles clink around them as well. So I was like, I I didn't want to be, like, a a real, like, I don't know, like, poindexter and be like, (laughs) you've clearly brought in outside alcohol. Do you know what I mean? Like, they had. Because nobody could have been so, like, mangled and mashed as they all were when it got to the end without, like, kind of just having a supply of alcohol throughout it like who knows what it was like but they were they were absolutely mashed out of their like nuts by the end of it yeah
3: Yeah. fucking morons and a disgrace to the good name of nicholas cage how dare they besmirch the golden hog
0: well i thought what was great about it is the fact that like there was that level of like um crowd participation and people like getting involved and stuff like that because like i think once you acclimatize to it and kind of like get used to it it was kind of like oh i'm with my people and it was like i think it was unfortunate for us being sat where we were that we kind of had this like adverse effect to that of people like taking it that one step too far it's like that thing of like just getting involved in a pantomime when it's not like the he's behind you like, line, do you know what I mean? Somebody just like chipping in. At, I don't know when Dick Whittington's giving a speech or something. It's like, no, it's not the time for it. There's crowd participation, and this isn't it. And it's like when everybody was kind of beating the same drum, it was really fun and it like made the experience so much more enjoyable and kind of like being like, I'm home.
3: Yeah, I think it kind of almost elicits a reaction you wouldn't get from watching it at home because there's some like funny points to the film is that I guess you talk, you kind of don't really laugh at when you're watching it by yourself, but when you've got the the collective of that crowd and it's just it just becomes a lot more enjoyable and funnier. Um, you know, not massively when you're you know, you're fighting the roar enemy from within back <laughs> there. Like the infiltrators and whatever, but um it brings it's just another element to it with the whole the, the sort of crowd participation.
0: I, I, like, I, I had, a, like, one of my biggest laughs of the night was just, like, seeing another patron's, like, reaction to the whole, like, dragging the hand down the face from face-off, and there was yeah. a guy absolutely losing his mind a, a few rows in front of us, and he, like, him laughing just made me laugh even more, and I was like, this is great, this isn't an experience I would have been able to get at home, and there's, like, yeah, throughout, like, the kind of Especially the first three, and it it kind of like there was there was a bit of a sea change when it got to drive angry. There's a lot of people who kind of dipped out around that point, and then there was a real like reverence I found for Mandy. If it, it, it almost felt like people didn't even cheer when Nicolas Cage came on screen because it was like that thing of like people knew what was coming for them. Do you know what I mean? They kind of knew like this is this isn't a film to like do you mean this isn't the rocky horror picture show this isn't the room this isn't isn't a pantomime this is some serious shit
3: yeah it's it's a weird film to cheer for The obviously by the end credits there was applause i think that was almost in part of applauding ourselves saying like that's it that's film five like we're done like we're out we've made it everyone um i don't know if i'll ever applaud for a film again um it's it's a a foreign it's a foreign experience to me um as an emotionally closed off man um but was, you know enjoyable in the room um i think the next the next film i see will probably end up being no time to die just because it's the only thing on but i'm not going to applaud it because i've got you know i've got some stones i've got standards only cage gets my applause
0: i'm not going to get started on the fact that my local cinema has Forty showings a day of no time to die yeah
3: same same same
0: yep cinema is back baby we are living in the dark <laughs> times once again uh, so oh, yes before we wrap this up i just want to ask you what would be your advice to anyone if they were embarking upon either a nick cage all-night marathon or any all-night marathon for that fact
3: um I think, you know, have your range of snacks. Get your fruits. Get a few sugary little sweets in there to range it up. I think water is key um, to keep yourself hydrated and alert. Um, Energy drinks, you're going to crash. Take something comfortable. I think that was, you know, a mistake I made. I should have talked something comfortable. There was the two um, uh, women who were sat in front of us, and they had, like, the travel pillow and they had the blanket. They had the aisle seats they could sort of stretch out as well, so they had it all planned out to a T. From personal experience if you're traveling from afar um take a, t- a mode of transport as close to the time that the film starts as possible so you're not up for any longer than you need to be you'll need your energy and your strength um and i think don't be afraid to fucking rat out stupid chatty cunts at the back of the cinema <laughs> i was a coward and regret it that i didn't knock them out
2: um
3: <laughs> Don't be afraid to throw hands. Don't be afraid to throw hands is my ultimate advice. <laughs> if you're going to go for a marathon, knock cunts out, knock people out, chin people. Bring back, bring back the happy slap. That's what I say. Jesus. Well,
0: on that note, Daryl, uh, <laughs> that bum show. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, where can people keep up to date with everything you're doing with Cage Rage or yourself uh, personally, or yeah, sell your wares to us, Daryl.
3: Um, if you like my level of aggression and um, and other sorts of things, uh, you can find me on Twitter at cage underscore podcast. That's usually where I'm most active. Uh, also on Instagram at cage rage pod. Um, you can find my, between the two, my various shit posts on there. Um, also on all the usual streaming services, um, you can find, the uh the link tree on the socials your, your googles your amazons your apples your podchasers and the like um i'm just about to wrap up 2014 at the point of recording this with petros um so it's been it's been a lovely year to go through um <laughs> so i've got i've got some catching up to do um for uh before i get to petros's level but if you listen to my theme and think it sounds a little bit familiar Petros, bloody mate, that is bloody really good, isn't it? (laughs) Um, And then, in the far-flung future, you know, as as Petros is moving on to the Copla connections, I will be hopefully one day, whenever that will be, moving on to the works of Willem Defoe with getting Defoe. You another name, I think, uh, supplied by Petros. I owe him all of my success, basically. (laughs) Uh, so, So yeah, all of that stuff to come.
0: Amazing, well, yeah it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast uh, Daryl and it was a it was a pleasure meeting you and sharing this weird and wonderful experience with you as well
3: a bond an unbreakable bond of brothers yeah um, that will uh, be tested by time.
0: I, I said it to Graham and I, I, I said it to you as well. That it feels like we're kind of like intrinsically linked by the soul. We're melded together for, forever, whether we like it or not. <laughs>
3: we are cosmic bros forevermore.
0: We are radioactive, baby. <laughs> person talking to me all about the prince charles nicholas cage all-nighter is the other half of the podcast that nobody asked for ian harrys how are you sir
4: i'm good i'm good it's 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 slightly weird being away from graham i'm not used to talking about films without him being here but i think i think i'll get used to it (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm glad i
0: could be the the other man in this situation <laughs> the, the the late night lover the the booty call as it were
4: the nick every everyone needs a nicholas cage podcast booty call on speed dial yeah. it's uh and,
0: and you've got there's nowhere
4: else i'd rather be you've got
0: two right you I, i'm, I'm oh, sure oh, you true, could booty true, call yeah. daryl any time and he would he, he would pick up the phone <laughs> as well um Amazing. Well, uh yeah, a question I'd love to ask anyone who comes on this podcast, no matter for what it is for. And it feels very redundant. I've said this. Uh, well, yeah, I've I've obviously said this to all three people I've spoken to. <laughs> Are you a Nicolas Cage fan, Ian?
2: Uh just a little
4: bit, yeah. Just a little bit. So I think the The, the, the perfect summary of how much I love Nicolas Cage is the last Five or six birthdays, I've gone out of my way to watch a Nicolas Cage film. I have had people ask if I'm joking when I talk about how much I like him. And it's just, it's become, I think people think I'm doing a bit when I say I think he's one of the most underrated actors working. But I legitimately feel it. This this year's birthday film was, uh, because we had the Nicolas Cage marathon planned, I didn't want to pick something which would possibly be the mystery film. Okay so i watched jujitsu oh
0: oh yeah so <laughs> which, so Graham mentioned this that he watched yeah part of it and like you had rewound oh. it so how, how was Jiu-Jitsu for you Ian? it
4: it was uh it, it is a proper good bad movie i it is the only way to describe it nicolas cage is full nicolas cage in it and i would i, I would recommend it but i wouldn't watch it by your it's not one to watch by yourself it's one to watch with a group of friends with a beer.
0: Yeah, I I had the unfortunate pleasure of watching it twice because I rec- I I was fortunate enough to get a press screener of like a, pr- a press link for the, for the oh, film wow. before it came out, and then <laughs> and and then I recorded like a spoiler free special on the release and then like yeah when it came round to covering it like properly on the podcast i had to then watch it again and i own it on blu-ray because (laughs) i have Uh what can only be described as uh, a severe mental illness where i have to own every (laughs) single nicholas cage film on physical media just so like one day i can like i don't know you know like the pringles man was Buried in a Pringles tube, apparently. I, I like to think it is so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to be you like you just
4: you just want all of your uh, all all of your Blu-rays buried with you.
0: Just all my Nick Cage ones, yeah. Just kind of pushed out to sea, and then a big a big fiery arrow shot at me, and just all this plastic and person <laughs> just burning up and really ruining the atmosphere.
4: What is that? I mean, if you want to go full Nicolas Cage, obviously he's. I, my favourite thing with Nicolas Cage is everything sounds like we're lying. Mm. But obviously, Nicolas Cage has got his pyramid. He's going to be buried in New Orleans. Yes. So may, maybe that's the way to go. You just make a pyramid out of all of these Nicolas Cage Blu-rays. That's perfect. And we just what I would like to <laughs> lay do, you to rest
0: in there. Use the cases and then just have all the discs. So the shiny side is facing out. So it's even more of a monstrosity. Yeah. and It's just like this kind of... Anyone who comes to visit me on a sunny day would just be blinded by the, by the ghost of Nicolas Cage as well. Yeah, that's a... yeah, it
4: works. And then to go full Nicholas Cage, we'll get a dinosaur skull in there. We'll have a, something to do with a castle. It'll be great.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you mentioned that pyramid. I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Brian Taylor, one of the directors of... Um, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance and Mum and Dad. Oh, cool. And he told me this great story of him and um his co-director, his name escapes me. Ah, oh, Mark Neville Dean. Um, they went yeah. for beignets with Nicolas Cage in New Orleans to kind of talk about the film. And then out of nowhere, Cage just turned around to went, Hey guys, do you wanna see my tomb? And then they hopped the fence <laughs> into the cemetery to see Nicolas Cage's, like, pyramid. And, I like, that sums the guy up to me.
4: But, like, where where does your life go after that's happened to you? Exactly. Like, you've gone out for beignets with Nicolas Cage, who's then convinced you to hop, hop a fence into a cemetery to see his pyramid. It's like, well, that's it. I've
0: peaked. I, <laughs> I, I think I read recently as well that it's, like, it's somewhere he takes, like, his, like dates, like, quite early on to see it. It's, like, kind of like, if you're, you've got a seat, like, like mm. if, if you if you don't, if if you can't take me at my tomb, you don't deserve me at all, kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. affair. It's, it's a very, like, imagine that, like, I don't know, I've been on some weird dates, but that would be the weirdest, right?
4: Well, it's because if, if you're in New Orleans as well, he could take you past that murder house he used to <laughs> yeah, own. Yeah,
2: the the, la- <laughs> like la- la- the most, house. The yeah. most
4: yeah the most haunted house in america or one of the most haunted houses so go check that out and then head down to the pyramid it's,
0: it's a very yeah i love how bizarre he is i remember um someone reached out to me on twitter and said i think this is possibly i need to re it it's possibly one of my favorite photos is um nicholas cage in a car foam warehouse Getting a, getting a contract on a phone because obviously he'd bought a castle near Bath. And you've got, like, yeah. Nicolas Cage dressed like a Dickensian character in a pair of Uggs, I believe, as well, with just, like, this really, like, ruddy, bloody bloke like, just stood there in his, like, uh, Carfo Warehouse shirt and a pair <laughs> of Reebok classics. Like, yeah, he's me and Nick... It was me and Nick. Like, and I just want to know what deal he got. Do you know what I mean? Did he get like 24-month contract? Was it a pay-as-you-go? Like what phone did he go for? Is he an iPhone what? man? Is he a Samsung guy? What? Who knows? Well,
4: it, it depends. Like, it, it, it depends which side of the tax divide he was. If it was before all of that hit, he's mm-hmm. going to get the most expensive, weird phone he possibly could. And if it was after that, it is probably a pay-as-you-go. With free calls at the weekend, and then that's it. That's all the accountant would allow.
0: That is true. I'm like, I d- yeah, I'd love to know where. Because Nick Cage sounds like he's back to his kind of old ways, isn't he? You kind of hear about him in interviews that he's like, he's got a crow, and he's he's, he's got like all these weird, yeah. all this weird stuff going on again. So it feels like he's kind of the cash has risen back up.
4: Well, you had the. One one of my most watched Nicolas Cage things recently is his hauntingly beautiful rendition of Purple Rain.
0: Oh wow! I've I haven't I have not seen this.
4: <laughs> so he was very drunk at a karaoke bar, and it is him just like shouting the lyrics to Purple Rain down this microphone, and it is everything you could expect from Nicolas Cage singing Purple Rain at karaoke.
0: That's. Um, that's beautiful. the The thing I've like avoided, kind of, and well, no, I watched it and it made me feel very sad. And like, I've just made a a decision there and then that I won't like share it on Twitter. Was that video of him getting kicked out of a bar recently, or like a, a restaurant?
4: Yeah, I was. I was going to say that because apparently, like, a relative died recently or something oh. like that. And and it is it is that feels a bit like it's not it's not him being weird it is actually just him being very sad and yeah. there's a you don't feel like you can laugh at that that's uh we've all we've all had a shitty time when stuff like that happens
0: and the fact the video is shared by like the sun us and it's like oh the yeah. most irreprehensible like newspaper of all time sharing this absolute fucking bullshit it's like no thank yeah. you um so yeah, you're a Nicolas Cage fan. That's uh, that's a given, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, that,
4: that, that's the that's the takeaway
0: from that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You you, <laughs> you know the weirdness. You've watched him sing "Purple Rain." You've, you've oh. almost outdone me. Um, so, what would have been the first Nicolas Cage film you would have seen? Can you remember? Oh, um,
4: I think. So, I think it would have been something like face off uh-huh, so not not when it came out, we would be talking kind of like early naughties um but I think it would be something like that um just because it is a, it, it's the kind of film my dad would have showed me <laughs> so it it's it is we growing up, we had a local like video rental store mm-hmm. which uh I think as it stopped making money, kind of the coffee part of it got bigger and bigger. And now I think (laughs) it is just a coffee place, but he would always go there. So I watched, uh, I remember I was uh, sick off school one day when I was like nine or 10 and he came back with predator on VHS. (laughs) So it would, it would definitely been a a dad bought it back from video world film because I mean, it's, it's face off. It's it. It, it's definitely. What, it's a weird action film. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's one of those films that, like, I think everyone like of a certain age saw it suspiciously young. I I kind of had. Yeah. I had that with Commando. I remember like, and I'm only thirty. I don't know why Commando is my go-to film for this, but I remember like, I'm not sure. Like, i I I I'm yet to kind of speak to somebody who has this like shared memory of like having a video play like vhs player like downstairs that could show in the bedrooms upstairs i'm not sure how it worked like Ah. but yeah it was like a separate channel so people could watch the tv downstairs but you could kind of like you could yes yeah i do remember
4: something like that um a friend of mine had it but it was always it was like their sky could transmit to the other rooms or ah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. but you had you had to have it on the tv downstairs oh
0: no this was like you didn't have to have it on the tv it's like the no. vhs could just like beam into the bedroom oh wow and I, I i remember like watching commando when i was like eight or nine years old or something like something silly like that like disgustingly young and my mum like turned over to the vhs channel and then called up to me <laughs> and i like, ran down in my pajamas she so i was like yes mom? so what do you want like, i think she's turned over at the bit when arnold schwarzenegger snaps bill duke's neck on, on the <laughs> plane and i oh my my response was it's fine mum i watched it round my friend's house before and she just went oh okay then okay. Oh, oh all great. right yeah you, you're the youngest of three we've given up now like like that it doesn't matter <laughs> like if you said you've seen it it's fine yeah so
4: yeah no I, I i definitely watched commando far too soon as well yeah. but yeah Nicolas cage was uh, face off weirdly i then didn't watch kind of i didn't watch con air and the rock until quite a bit later mm-hmm. um but face off was definitely the the introduction and then i kind of went out of my way to start seeking films out from him and then the habit became a problem after university
0: <laughs> what would you say was like the first film you saw that really like if it wasn't Face Off, was there a film that really like stood out to you of like, I've really, really got to see more of this guy?
4: Uh, so it, it's kind of... It's kind of really like two films, I think. Because you have like Nicolas Cage, the legitimately very good actor. Uh-huh. um, And then you have Nicolas Cage, the Nicolas Cage. Yes. So... Uh, I watched Raising Arizona, where he's phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think it gets... Because obviously, leaving Las Vegas is everyone's first port of call when you're talking about how legitimately good he is as an actor. But Raising Arizona never seems to be talked about. It's like the other, other, other Coen Brothers movie. So I saw that, and then quite quickly after that, I think I saw like Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. and it was like these are two these are the same person (laughs) this hasn't i don't understand how this this could be the same guy and then from there i think i just started so you had like eight millimeter um matchstick men which has one of my favorite cage outbursts in but not many people have really seen it Uh, and just started plowing through as many of them as i could i was like you know what this is my jam
0: i like to your point of um Obviously, the fact that, like, there's that disparity between what he Hmm. can give you. I love the fact that you can get that within a year. Do you know what I mean? You can, like, a film (laughs) can come out in the same year, and you're just like, this is the same guy? Mm -hmm." Well, uh, this year is the prime prime example. What, the beginning of the year, we got Willy's Wonderland, and then we got Pig. And it's like... Well, and then... and. (laughs)
4: You, you went for the other side of the bookend there i was gonna say so in one week went to the prince charles cinema to watch pig so i think i saw it on like the wednesday then on the friday i went to free uh see uh Prisses of the Ghostland yeah. at fright fest yeah so you have Nicolas cage in like like o- oscar but like legitimately oscar buzz role mm-hmm. about like grief and its impact on uh Someone, and then you have a film where he has a bomb wired to his testicles. Sorry, no, a bomb individually wired to each
0: testicle. I was like, "Yeah, this is." I'm okay with this. It's it. It's just fascinating that we like we get that from like Nicolas Cage that he is this kind of. I always yeah. He he very much like it's a roulette roll or like yeah, it's it's just a roll of the dice every movie, and that I think that's what makes him wholly interesting as an actor and like I think gets people like us coming back and even I don't know the initiated like come back for that and kind of take the take the rough with the smooth but then I think I don't know I guess even the uninitiated like they're kind of I don't know they probably have that thing of like he's just shit and like we kind of saw it when Pig came out like yeah has Nicolas Cage always been great or is it just now and it's like of
4: oh, course cool. well, it it's the the amount of people so it I I let it be known that I was going to see Pig and I had a lot of people say, All right, let me know what it is. And I think the message I sent out to a few friends was like, look, it's legitimately incredible. Like it mm-hmm. it's I, I'm I'm not I don't think it will win, but I could see it get like Oscar nominations. I think it's a beautiful portrayal. Um and everyone's response was Is it though? Or are you just saying this because it's Nicolas Cage? Uh-huh. It's like, no no, 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 no. Like, legitimately it's it's very, very good. But what's kind of good now is so like you said, you kind of have the, the, the rough the rough with the smooth. And previously the rough was generally because he couldn't turn roles down because he had to make money. Um the rough films now seem to be kind of because he seems to be a bit in on the joke. Yes. That he's Nicolas Cage and he seems to be making decisions to star in films that could only be like Primal was a piece of shit, but it could only be a Nicolas Cage film. It's a big game hunter on a boat. There's no other <laughs> actor who could make yeah. that film be made.
0: I, I like the thing is, like, I'm not sure if it's because I've like watched every Nicolas Cage film and I'm always like kind of uh judging the last the, the 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 next one against the last one and stuff like that kind of yeah. got to the point where I'm a lot more forgiving <laughs> to a certain films Primal, i absolutely love i was like this is great <laughs> like i was like it, it almost feels like a weird compa- like companion piece to con air in a way it's this kind of like y- yeah yeah ragtag guy who's he, and he's, a, he's he's quite quippy in primal as well and i just remember like having a lot of fun with that movie
4: but that's the thing they had a lot of fun with it yes and that there there is a world where if like mid 2010s he took all the films quite seriously so i think Uh because he lent into it you can enjoy it because he's clearly
0: enjoying it but yeah it's just great isn't it what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like the fact that now he seems like he's on a, a kind of level plane where he can just take risks, and it's not just I'm doing huh. this because I need the money. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take a risk on a first-time director or like somebody who hasn't directed in a while or something, and it could go either way. Yeah, but I'm still going to deliver. Like, I know, like like Willy's Wonderland. There's like mixed reception to that film. But he still took a gamble, and he delivered something that is like, it's it, it's oh, going it to go down so in much fun. yeah, it's going to go down in history as well because it's like he chose to play that role, and he was very adamant. Like that, I think there was a well, yeah, there was a line written into the script, and Cage said, yeah. my one caveat is, I don't say that line. Like, I play the whole thing silent, mm. and it's like, what a." What a bowler move! Do you know what I mean? Like, whether you like, 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 or hate it. Well, oh yeah, yeah, thing. yeah.
4: But like, he's now doing so obviously unbearable weight of massive talent is coming out, um, and then he's doing like back to back westerns.
0: Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait.
4: Yeah, it's like I, I can't, I can't think of many actors who do jump around that much, and it's, and
0: and I think. Yeah, in between it, that, he's got a film called The Retirement Plan that has this like really crazy like cast to it. And God knows what it's going to be. I think like Ernie Hudson's in it. I want to say like Lawrence Fishburne's in it. And like it's about like a kind of like he it, like from the photos on set and that he just looks like a kind of like uh aging beach bum who's who's kind of pulled back into a a life of crime or kind of like an ex cop who has to save someone. And after like, I think after pig, especially like when a synopsis comes out for a film, it's like, I'm not going to expect it's going to be just a, a John wick or a like taken knockoff. It could go anywhere. And that's, I I, I love, I love that. I love that prospect. Oh Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's I legitimately have no idea what the next project he's going to do will be, yeah. and I love that. All <laughs> I know for sure is I'm going to watch it at the soonest possible opportunity.
0: Exactly. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about... Oh, before we get to talking about the Nicolas Cage All Night Marathon, I want to know, Ian, which is your favourite Nicolas Cage film? it's recency bias
4: is real with that isn't it because pig pig is definitely up there i think in terms of actual quality of film he's done so like my my favorite film nicholas cage has starred in is probably pig um my favorite nicholas cage film if we're looking at like the genre of nicholas cage um it is difficult um adaptation is definitely a favorite mm-hmm. um you i mean two nicholas cages for the price of one that's uh always a plus um it, it's uh yeah I, I don't want to i don't know if it's because it's the the first one we mentioned but i am a big fan of just how crazy face off mm-hmm. is yeah it's... um but it's, it's difficult i think it's the <laughs> my answer would be different depending when you ask me
0: I, I think it is that thing. And there is like such a spectrum of like which Cage are you asking for. And it's like the thing of like, are you asking for a film that is a, like you said, a Nicolas Cage film, a film yeah, starring Nicolas Cage or a film that Nicolas Cage is in? Do you know what I mean? Like some people have answered that question. Yeah. Going, My favorite one of the films he's in is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Or something, do you know what I mean? Because like, I love that film. Yeah, Nicholas Cage happens to be in it.
4: <laughs> yeah, or um, one of I mean, one of my favourites. If we're just kind of going for less obvious, um, I love Lord of War. Oh like not a lot of people seem to talk about it. Like it has one of my favourite. At some point, we're going to do like a top three list of like opening credit scenes mm-hmm. and Lord of War is up there for me. Like you, it follows the the path of a bullet from it being manufactured to thrown into the hands of like a child soldier kind of thing. And it's so yeah. good. And it, it's, it the one distraction is he's supposed to be playing a Ukrainian guy, which maybe, maybe not quite so convincing, but it's such a good film. And it's very, it has like, an air of, like, Robocop satire to it as well. Like, they it. kind of intersperse... I think it opens with a shopping channel-style thing yeah, yeah. of them selling AK-47s. But, yeah, a lot of time for that film.
0: Every time, like, I kind of think about that film, I always think about the prospect of Nicolas Cage and Ethan Hawke, like, starring in something mm. together again. And, like, I know yeah. like loads of people call out for the cage travolta team up again and it's like i would love to see a film where we get like cage and ethan Hawke on screen like for a decent amount of time because that one they're kind of playing like that cat and mouse game and like it's i don't know like yeah those two playing like in Hollywood, I reckon they could get away with playing brothers, right? Do you know what I mean? like, Oh, yeah,
4: he's he's played he's played brothers with weirder people. I mean, Jared Leto is his brother in Lord of War.
2: Exactly!
0: Like,
4: <laughs> it's, it's, it's more convincing. But what's good with Ethan Hawke is both Ethan Hawke and Nicolas Cage seem to have realised that they're quite good at horror. Yes. So I could see them both doing a horror movie together, it being very, very weird, but very good. Or...
0: Or even like a Paul Schrader film together, because they've both kind of like, like, seem to be in like simpatico with Paul Schrader. So, like, like how we got um, Willem Dafoe and Nicolas Cage doing uh, Dog Eat Dog. And it's that kind of like those two teaming up since way back when with uh, Wild at Heart. It's like if Paul Schrader could pull those two together. For like a, a new fucking Gonzo film, oh, or even definitely. something like contemplative, like do you know what I mean like like he how Paul Schrader released First Reform the other year that was like a very like serious mm. film. Those two in like a serious, like a really serious film together, I think would be like Chef's Kiss.
4: Well, I guess but Ethan Hawke is quite similar to Nicholas Cage in that he does. I mean, even just looking at recent films, he did. Like you said, he got first reformed, sinister. He was in. Um, he he was in the first Purge.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like he's he's done like made some very interesting choices for someone who I think was always positioned as being like the next big thing.
0: Well, I, but I think it's that thing as well that like I think the edge that um, Ethan Hawke has over. Nicholas Cage is just that constant collaboration he has with Richard Linklater in the fact that, like, he can kind of yeah. go oh, off and do true. popcorn yeah. fair, but then he can go back and do another, like, before film. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the kind of...
4: Yeah, or sh- or shoot, shoot another film for, like, 12 years. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's,
0: so he can kind uh, of yeah. go, like, oh, I'm in these, like, I'm in these... Really serious I films, but then he could go off and do sinister and people go like but even that like like that's kind of recently had a i don't know like uh recontextualizes but i think there's like a study that said it is like scientifically the most scary film and then you get all these think pieces going like <laughs> sinister is an absolute gem like we all love it we mm. all loved it at the time And, uh, <laughs> but yeah I, yeah those two together i think would be perfect i've got like i'm gonna take lord of War as your favorite film i know i know it's not but i'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll,
4: take I'll, I'll take it yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah let's talk about the fateful evening that we met at the prince charles cinema for the nicholas cage all-nighter and i want to know How did you prepare for the night? And had you ever been to one of their all-nighters
2: before?
4: So I I haven't been to one of the all-nighters before. Um, Preparation, I came straight from playing a game of rugby. Amazing. So uh, that was definitely about two, three in the morning. My back started going. (laughs) It was uh, not, I wouldn't recommend that being the prep, but it was, uh, we had a backpack full of energy drink. Um, the, the Prince Charles cinema recommends sticking with fruit and water, yep. but I had to go for the energy drink. Um, weird, obvious thing to say for prep. I didn't watch any of the films in the build up to the marathon, but so I, I hadn't seen, I don't think I'd seen any of them for, yeah, for over a year, um, before going into it. Um, I, I think a lot of the marathons that have peaked my interest with the prince charles um it's like they do the arnie one quite regularly but there's always been a film i've seen quite recently (laughs) and you don't it's like i can't don't get me wrong like to to talk about a film we mentioned before like i love commando but if i've watched it in the last two months i can't watch it at two in the morning yeah it's uh it's just not going to work.
0: I think there is that thing of, like, the shared experience thing. And I know that's, like, very, like, mm. that's a hot-button hot, hot button topic at the moment, especially with people going, like, a pandemic is still raging. And I totally understand that. And then, like, you get the whole thing of, like, directors going, you must see my film in the cinema, otherwise you won't <laughs> yeah. enjoy it. But, like, especially experiencing that Nicolas Cage all night and, Yeah, I hadn't, well, I hadn't seen any of the films on the big screen before, and I hadn't, like... Yes. uh, I hadn't experienced them, I don't know, like, it was a different experience for me, experiencing them with people who are all a part of the Church of Cage, as it were.
4: Yeah, same, same. So I've watched, I watched Mandy um In the cinema. So I actually watched that at the Prince Charles. Um, but the others, g- given how many times I have seen The Rock, Con Air, <laughs> and Face Off, I'd only ever seen it either just by myself or with a couple of friends at home. Like watching it in a cinema, especially after 18 months without crowds really being a thing, it was. It made you appreciate parts of the film you may not have appreciated before. So. Or people laughing at times where you hadn't laughed before. It's like, actually, no, you're right. That is weirdly funny. Um, the yeah. the one that sprung to mind was I forgot just how funny this, the sex scene in The Rock is when they're on the top of the block of flats. And it's just before he gets a call telling him to come to uh, San Francisco. Uh-huh. And the cinema was just in hysterics. And it's like, yeah, no, you're right, guys. This is this is hilariously weird.
0: I had like a massive revelation on uh, The Rock in the thing of like, of those three like kind of big 90s Nicolas Cage, like, I don't know, action adjacent movies. I was like, this is my least favorite and kind of like dismissed it and then like mm. watching it with that crowd i was like and i guess like being a bit older and kind of being very much more aware of the jerry Bruckheimer, don simpson like of films i was like this is so much fun like it is borderline a comedy and yeah yeah i think it, it's Hold up, carry on. I think it's the first time we get a recurring theme that runs throughout Nicolas Cage films is him stealing a, like, two-wheeled, like, mode of transport, <laughs> which has, like, now become... I think it's more than a coincidence it's happened in four films. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> which is making me think, like, this has got this written in a contract somewhere. If if possible, can I steal a motorbike or a bike?
4: Yeah, it's like, yeah. Or shout a random word. That, that that's what I need for this film. Exactly. Yeah, I need yeah. A yeah. bike, a bicycle, or a random word I could shout. It's the, the Rock for me. Again, quite quite similar to you. I kind of it was always like the odd one out, but I think I'm not saying it's my favourite. But I think it might be the best film out of the three. Okay. Because it it's very well done. Yeah. Um, like as a th- there's not really any wasted time in it. Um, I can't think of any way you could shorten it. There's nothing you need to really, um, make it any longer. You've got Sean Connery seems to be in on the joke that it's mm-hmm. a bit stupid as well. Yeah. Um, and Ed Ed Harris, I've always got time for Ed Harris.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those interesting films that it's like a it's a believable bad guy for one. It's hmm. like a guy where like you kind of oh yeah, I, I get why he's pissed off, and it's like the characters get why he's pissed off, and yeah, very much Sean Connery's in on the joke, like, and it's it's been none more apparent than when he delivers the famous line "Welcome to the Rock," and then being in that crowd. <laughs> On that fateful Saturday night, of just everyone kind of like losing their shit when he says it, and like because now it's just like a gif. But like it's, 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 that's the thing, like those three films, The Rock, uh, Conair and Face Off, are kind of just like gift to hell. And it was that thing of like people's uh, reactions when they saw uh, those. There was
4: such. There was those gifts. Yeah, in real there was life, such a right? cheer after. So, well, welcome to the rock. Um, are you a fan of Elton John? You're the Rocket Man. Um, him coming off of the play, uh, Sorry, no, the coach in Conair. Air. Um, so the Nicholas Cage hair gif. Um, him dressed as the priest in Face Off, which is like one of the Nicholas Cage faces, alongside with Vampire's Kiss. Like, if if someone's picturing yep. Nicholas Cage, it's that. Or the vampires kiss face, but yeah. it was so much fun watching it in a crowd. the The one confusing moment for me was what I forgot was that Con Air opened. The opening minute of Con Air is so similar to Fa- uh, The Rock. I thought they'd accidentally put the same film on again. Yeah, because it's it's sunsets, planes, soldiers, Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, a song that sounds like somebody is trying to hum the Pirates of the Caribbean theme to you, but can't remember how it goes. And it was exactly the same. It was like, this is, this could be, because obviously in, in The Rock, it's kind of, it's the Ed Harris bit. that They are talk about how it's the, the military and what he's done. And then in Con Air, it's the Nicolas Cage is like a US Ranger. And it's showing the military stuff yeah. because of that. And legitimately, I thought it was the same film until um he actually gets off the coach or goes to the bar and it's a uh, "Oh yay, we yeah. are onto Connor.
0: yeah so what are your, what are your opinions on Connor? Because for me, I think it's like an un, i don't know if it's unintentional, but like it's a for me, it's a comedy. It feels like it's really Ooh. playing for comedic value.
4: Yeah, so Connor is—it's an interesting one because I—I struggle to look past the premise a little bit because there is no way Nicolas Cage would have gone to prison. <laughs> like, it—it's it, it, not. It was someone pulled a knife on him and he hit him. Like that's self-defense. You're done. Please go enjoy the rest of your life mm-hmm. with your pregnant wife. But it is—it is a comedy. Um, I think for the most part it realizes it. But it's so much fun. And it's. Uh, I, I think John Cusack is an underrated piece of that film as well. Um, obviously, we would have watched it anyway. But I think his kind of manic... Um, I'm not even sure what his job was. And I'm still confused <laughs> why it was his jurisdiction. But he was very funny in it.
0: He's funny, um, yeah.
4: But I, I I loved it. And, and again, hadn't ever watched it in the cinema before.
0: Yeah, that, it's that was one I loved. Like, I I love I love Conan and like the fact that like, yeah, like so you've got like Steve Buscemi, who's like at that point would have been known for like comedy mm. from like Airheads and stuff like that. You've got Dave Chappelle, who is obviously a comedian. You've got all these people kind of like dialing it up to eleven and kind of like just having. Well, I, I I I always forget how
4: stacked the cast is. Yeah, um, it, it's because the uh, Danny Trejo. Um, Ving Rames, John Malkovich, it's they just
0: kind of keep coming. Yeah, it, even down to people like Michael T. Williams, who is like most famous for playing Bubba Gump in uh, in Forrest Gump, plays like yeah. the diabetic who's like best friends with like uh, Cameron Poe, and it's like it's just like floor to ceiling. Just like when you look at that poster, it's like fuck. This has got so, like, so many, like, just absolute, like, I don't know, like, legends of cinema, especially, like, like, amazing character actors and stuff like that, and it it just feels like it was so much fun to film, and the fact that that film as well, it overlapped with the filming of Face Off, and that kind of one-two punch in cage's career is just absolutely fucking crazy oh yeah it is i i can't think of many people who
4: had that run of films like even without it's mm-hmm. <laughs> even ignoring the fact he did leaving las vegas then the rock it, it yeah. was the rock conair face-off like it is three of the best like action films in general yeah um I also like that uh, in Con Air, uh, which again, just as underrated as John Cusack in it, is Nicolas Cage's
0: abs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like he's, he's, he's weirdly shredded. My theory is that um, it was a mixture of leaving Las Vegas and the kiss of death that got him those action roles. Because yeah. like the kiss of death, everyone could see, oh, he can bulk up and he can be kind of tough. So they were like, he's he's got some potential as an action star and then obviously leaving las vegas like this boy can fucking act like not like th- people who mm. were like keeping tabs on him before then already knew that but like on the world stage winning that oscar they were like oh no this yeah. guy has got the chops to like really hold a picture and like yeah like he proved it and it's it goes beyond that kind of trilogy like up and like i think it's up until like i don't know you could argue like the mid 2000s he's got like this really interesting kind of run of films and has worked with yeah i always say it, he's worked with arguably some of the best directors the world has ever seen whether it is brian de palma oh, yeah Ridley Scott, Martin Scorsese with bringing out the dead, like um, yeah. So like so, John Woo, like well, again, like yeah, uh, Cohen brothers, yeah. It's, um Francis Ford uh, Coppola? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll not, throw that not, one in there. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Not 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 a director, but uh, Charlie Kaufman. Uh, yeah, yeah. worked with and played him
0: exactly exactly um so yeah about that night like what were some of the standout moments for you where they kind of like moments where you're like i'm just so glad i'm here like i'm loving this whole experience
4: so i mean for me it's the very beginning it is so we were we were settled down um there's actually uh so we went with uh or a friend of mine had already got tickets there and we'd uh Sat with them. It was like, oh, so I've got a friend I haven't seen in a while. We're going to be watching films until nine in the morning. And then as soon as Nicolas Cage's name came up in the opening credits for The Rock, everyone cheered and applauded.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And it was just like, yeah, this was a, this was the right choice. This is, it was, like you said, I've, I've never had that experience watching a film before. And it just perfectly kind of set the stall out that this is what it's going to be. And then, like you said, just the sheer audience reaction to mm-hmm. the films was like, yeah, it's not like not not that you feel weird for enjoying those films anyway, but rarely are you in a whole crowd of you know a hundred odd people all enjoying the same thing, yeah. unironically.
0: Yeah, that is the thing. I, I think there were like uh, there was maybe like a couple of outliers there who were there for the mm. like the ironic factor of it. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of like put a notch yeah. on their kind of bedpost to be like oh isn't it funny i went to a nicholas cage all nighter, and it's like nah like there is a decent batch of films that we saw and like if anything it's it's a, a real statement to prove that nick cage is one of the greatest actors of all time like um so in regards to obviously oh definitely the exciting, the fun moments. Were there were, were there any bugbears you had with the evening? Were there any um, I don't know. Were, well, yeah, the crowd. Was there anyone in the crowd who, who, who got your go, or was there was there anything about it that kind of irked you in any way?
4: Uh so the, I mean, the, the, there's always going to be, like you said, someone in the crowd. So I know there was a bit of, um. I'm I'm fine with audience participation in a marathon like that. <laughs> but don't talk through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, you know, if there's clearly parts where people, like you said, cheering. Not 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 heckling or anything, but don't just sit and have a conversation. Yeah. Like if you're if you're it, it's twelve hours of films, so like it's fine to leave occasionally, hang out in the foyer, come back a bit refreshed. But it's they're so i didn't have the i couldn't hear the talking but i could hear the people shushing it <laughs> so i think actually i think they might have been sat near you and daryl but i i could hear someone shushing and it's like yeah that's not that's not on guys we're, we're all we're all here for the same reason let's just watch this film um another another weird part was i definitely i'm assuming it was because of tiredness but it could have been because it was a. Uh, the last film was Mandy at seven in the morning. Um, definitely hallucinated a little bit. <laughs> um, cause uh, there, the, there's obviously lighting down the side in like the aisles next to the seats and the way they were flickering. And cause I was tired, it constantly felt like someone was about to walk down the aisle. <laughs> so like my, per- my peripheral vision kind of went a bit weird. Um, uh, I think talking to Graham, I think he had similar I was yeah. like oh if well, if you had similar, it's not just me being a freak. it's clearly something that happened but that was that was that was the first that was the only moment where I thought maybe I'm not gonna stay awake until this ends <laughs>
0: <laughs> so another another thing was asked obviously what were your like what in your heart of hearts did you want the mystery film to be, and like what were your kind of did you have any guesses? as to what that film would be or were you happy to leave it to chance and trust the prince charles
4: uh so i mean i always I'll, i will always trust the prince charles cinema mm. let's, let's get that out there um i had a couple of guesses and i have a couple of there's a couple of films that i think might have worked a bit better uh-huh so for me my kind of guesses were because a. Uh, so the friends we were uh, with clocked on that it was chronological.
0: Ah, uh, yep, 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 yep.
4: And they were like, okay, so that narrows it down to this period. Um, I think you mentioned, um, I'm assuming it was mentioned before as well, um, the Charles cinema had said it hadn't been a film they'd shown before, which kind of narrowed it down uh-huh. a bit. Um, I didn't have the the extensive list. I was feeling like if you're going to follow, because it I, I think the problem you have with a marathon like that is the Rock Conair, and Face Off are very clearly they're like a they're basically a trilogy yeah. right like that they share so much DNA that anything you show afterwards is going to feel a little bit on the like you've you've had the trilogy and then you've got the others yeah um so I was thinking maybe something like I didn't think they would go serious So I, you know, that takes your eight millimeter, possibly even like snake eyes, wind talkers, you know, that's, that's all off the table. So I went straight in with, um, gone with 60 seconds. Um, I thought we might get something like that. Um, possibly kind of ghost rider, um, you know, a bit more over the top. Um, and then we didn't, we had, we had drive angry, which is a film. For, for for me I, I i think the the difficulty in planning anything like that is mandy is so weird mm-hmm. and it's such like a unique film it's you would want so i think something like which you've you've mentioned before like i think willy's wonderland would have been a really good bridge between yeah action nicolas cage and really weird Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the choice would to, you, you need like a bridge film between the two, or maybe you save Mandy for, again, have, have an all-nighter, which would be a, a tough one to get through, but I would still go. Like, you know, Mandy, Color Out of Space, Willie's Wonderland, just lean in and all of the uh, really over-the-top. Uh, adaptation weird. would yeah, probably yeah. fit in there as well.
2: Um
4: <laughs> Even possibly raising, yeah. Even possibly raising Arizona. You know that's a that's a weird old film. The more you think about it, but yeah, we but we had to Drive Angry, which I'm I as a I mean I as I said I watched Jujitsu on my birthday. I'm a fan of weird, <laughs> good bad movies. So you know it was a, it was it was a, a bit of a palate cleanser. It was fun to not have to fully pay attention yeah so to speak but it was fun it was it's such a stupid film i
0: i would have loved if the prince charles at that moment just like I don't know, an usher came out and presented everyone with 3d glasses and said like, like <laughs> oh we get to experience it in 3d as well that i think that would have been well, hey. like and on that point did you have any plans like throughout the night like going in where you like going to stay awake the whole night or like if this happens or this is a film i might have a nap through or yeah what was your what was your kind of plan in that regard
4: so 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 the plan was to you know i was gonna i was gonna be water and i was gonna see what happened uh, i knew i wasn't going to fall asleep during the first three because it's the rock con air and face off yep. i'm i'm there for that um the mystery film would Depend what the mystery film was, um, but I also knew. So my, my plan was I, I was going to stay awake for the whole thing, yeah. and I I managed to. Um, but I also knew my risk area was the virtually, um, dialogueless first forty five minutes of Mandy, <laughs> because the first the first half of Mandy is beautiful, but nobody says anything. And it's seven in the morning. You're uh there was a bit of uh there was a bit of nodding off, but I managed to uh you know where you you wake yourself up when your head hits your your chest, kind yeah. of thing. So nearly, nearly succumbed there, but I did uh it's also the kind of film, like for all I knew, I fell asleep for five minutes and didn't realise. It's so so weird. But so I'm saying that like is a bad thing. I have so much time for that film. I, 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 I think it's incredible, but it was seven in the morning.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I've I, said it on this episode already, but like, it's almost like that film, like them, them programming it at 7am, it's like they're willing you to be like, I dare you to stay away oh, yeah. during this first 45 minutes, because it is, like you said, and, and the fact that it's like this hazy, psychedelic movie, it's just got this air of like, if you're in that mood, you can just like sink into it and drift away into sleep. And like well, you would be none the wiser. Well, right? that's the thing that,
4: yeah, the, the the problem is I, I generally sleep to music. Mm-hmm. So there were, there's, there's like a 10, 15 minute sequence where it's just music. Yeah. And I think my body just kind of started going, Oh, it's, it's bed. It's bedtime now. We're just going to, I'm just going to start shutting things off yeah. and, um, there was definitely a part during Mandy where um, everyone's had it, where I'm watching it, I'm enjoying it. And then I realise, oh, wait, no, my eyes are closed. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not actually watching it. I'm just kind of remembering what I've seen. But it was definitely, oh, yeah. like, fr- from what you said about it, was definitely a, uh, a point prover at the end. I-, I-, I think a lot of people had made the conscious decision that they were there for the unofficial trilogy, so I, I think we we there was definitely like a there was a shedding point after Face Off finished. So I think we lost a couple of people there. Um there was definitely another shedding point from people who hadn't seen Drive Angry realising what kind of film it was. <laughs> um if, if 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 we if it hadn't talked about it yet, uh Nicolas Cage is chased by Satan's accountant.
2: Yeah.
0: And Yeah. It it's it's got some very icky stuff involving Amber Heard as well. Like, yeah, like that's just like in kind of twenty twenty one eyes is a bit like, ugh, like this. Film. There
4: was a lot of Johnny, yeah. There was a lot of Johnny Depp jokes uh, 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 going around the cinema. I think, yeah.
0: There's kind but... of a lot of like, like I don't know, and 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 for a film called Drive Angry, Cage doesn't seem that angry.
4: Yeah, it's like the driving, I get. But it was also the first film of the night. um, Well, technically the only film of the night um, that didn't say the name of the film in the film. Um, yes. So it was dr- Drive Angry was the registration plate on the car, but they never actually said it. And there was always a big cheer whenever. Um, so obviously, Welcome to the Rock. Yep. Um, they mentioned Conair. I think John Malkovich says Conair um, in Conair. Um, Face-off is a very high Nicolas Cage saying he wants to take his face off. And then Mandy's a character name in Mandy, so That's kind of cheating. But yeah, that was the, it was a weird thing to notice. Cause I think we were, we were always just on the edge of the, we're big fans of the, uh, they said the name of the thing and the
2: thing, yeah. whenever it's mentioned.
0: That, 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 <laughs> That you've you you've called them out. You've thrown the gauntlet at the Prince Charles. Hmm. They should have really programmed it that all five films have the name of the film. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's spoken by a character in the <laughs> that's film. That's what we were there be for.
4: <laughs> uh, but yeah, Drive Agree I mean, like it, it, there was a shedding point during that, um, and then not so much with Mandy, just because I think people fell asleep. Like if if people were going to fall asleep that had stayed, it is the first half of Mandy. No one was sleeping through the last half or, <laughs> because that's uh, you know chainsaw duels, <laughs> uh, LSD fueled Hell's Angels. It's uh, yeah. it's it's an experience. As soon as Nicolas Cage screams in the toilet, yeah, I think that's when people were like, ah, we're we're on now. This is the fourth or fifth wind hitting me, but. It was, oh, God, yeah. I was... Uh,
0: so what were your feelings going into, Mandy? Because obviously, like, I'm not sure if you, like, I, I was stepping outside between each film and going out into daylight before that film and then realising, like, oh, it's... <laughs> it's a new day. Yeah. Mean, it, it's a new day. Like, it's light.
4: And yeah, so I I went kind of the, like, I went the Vegas casino route. So (laughs) I didn't go, I didn't see natural light. So I, I I would leave the cinema, but I would stay in like the downstairs uh, foyer. Um, Because like you said, I think as soon as my body clock realized it was bright outside, I would, that's where I would psychologically fall apart. Yeah, but I was, like I said, I played a pretty heavy game of rugby that day. So I would go out into the foyer and I would just be like, no one wants to be the guy stretching. So I was just kind of subtly stretching next to a pillar, just trying to uh, stop my calves and uh, quads from seizing up. But yeah, I, I, that, that, that's, that's actually a recommendation I would give to people, is unless you're a smoker, because don't smoke indoors, um, stay downstairs if you can. Like I don't don't stay in your seat the whole time because that's asking for problems. But if you're gonna walk around, walk down the aisles or outstairs in the uh, outside in the downstairs foyer bit, because like you said, go, go going into Mandy, knowing it was seven in the morning. Um I was like I said, i I'd watched it before, I'd loved it, I'd known what to expect, um, and I was very aware that if I was gonna fall asleep, it would be that first hour.
0: Well, I, I felt like like because I'd gone outside when I like sat down for Mandy I just felt dirty I felt really grubby in the fact it's like I know it's, I felt like I was up all night doing coke or something do you know what I mean it's that like realization like yeah I've wasted a night and like <laughs> looking round at all the people who were there like when the when the marathon finished I was like I just want to get out of this situation. I just want to go home to my bed, have a cup of tea and a shower <laughs> and never speak to any of you ever again. And then obviously like a few days passed, and cooler heads prevailed. And I was like, you just watched five films over a night. You haven't had a night like doing a load of drugs. You're all right, mate.
4: Well, It was, it, it was great. So we, we, we finished this rugby match. We, um, had a couple of post game beers and I was kind of sitting with the team, um, and uh Graham was picking me up from the clubhouse to then kind of go to the cinema. And he messaged me saying he was outside. So I kind of like told the guys, it's like, right, I'm I'm going. I'm actually going to the cinema. And they're like, oh, what are you gonna see? And it's like, oh, I'm just gonna see five Nicolas Cage films. And every it was like a record scratch. It was like, sorry, do you just say five Nicolas Cage films? And was like, yeah? And it's like, when when does that finish? It's like, nine in the morning. And then there was silence. And I think one of the players just went, They're playing face-off though, right? (laughs) It's like, yes, they are. (laughs) And then I think I just left them in the midst of a Nicolas Cage conversation. It was like, yeah,
0: I like you guys. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Um, I I think I've got to ask you about this because what was Graham's reaction to seeing Mandy for the first time from your perspective? Because obviously it was his first time watching Mandy at that all-nighter.
4: Yeah, so I I think he kind of knew it was going to be a weird one. Like I I think on so uh, uh, on our podcast I talked about Mandy. It is it has popped up before on just how kind of batshit mental it is. And watching Graham watch it was, if anything, more. It was what was keeping me awake (laughs) because he would be he would be watching it, but like so low down in the seat, and I think he had like his hoodie on, kind of scrunched up, and. I kept thinking he'd fallen asleep and then you would just look at him and his eyes would just be wide open staring at the screen. (laughs) It was was like, yeah, man, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? And then occasionally just turn to look at me just like, this is as weird as I think it is, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's an odd one. And then also knowing after conversations a couple of days later, he was also vaguely hallucinating people walking up and down (laughs) the aisles. (laughs) So it's, I would definitely... I don't know if I could recommend watching Mandy for the first time at 7 a.m., but i definitely recommend a a sleep-deprived viewing of it at some point.
0: Yeah, so I'm fortunate enough to know one of the producers of Mandy, Daniel Noah. Oh, wow. And I can't wait to, like, share this episode with him and kind of, like, (laughs) tell him the kind of, like, uh, hallucinatory nature of the film, because I know for one he will absolutely adore that aspect of it and just be able to like really well, the... that that so is the... what the film's about
4: <laughs> oh yeah so so the moment my brain imploded was um it's when mandy's drugged and she's in front of uh, like the cult leader guy
0: linus roach yeah who
4: yeah who uh who's uh, who's dad Plays Ken Barlow. Barlow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which was a fun, fun discovery, like trivia discovery afterwards. Um, and there's a scene where he's talking um, to the camera and her face is over, like gradually becomes more and more overlaid <laughs> over his face. And it's an incredible scene. It's incredibly directed. And my brain could not handle it yeah. at eight in the morning. It was just like, this is, I don't know if I'm, because I was so tired. It was like, um, is that happening? Or have I, yeah. am I asleep? <laughs> am I watching it? What oh. is actually going on? And um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think a couple of people had fallen asleep just because of the the nature of the first half of Mandy. Like I said, it's very like dialogue light. It's it's very effective. Um and then everyone else, I'm fairly sure, was just tripping balls. Just a mix of just the film. And uh, I was very close to saying tripping balls because of Mandy, but that's a that's a different <laughs> sentence. Um, <laughs> tripping balls because of the film and the fact they'd been already awake for 10, 11 hours. Yeah. But God, yeah, it was a hell of an experience.
0: I know somebody who works at the Prince Charles, uh, like uh, Phil, the general manager, and uh, he spoke to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Jonathan, and said that like, he's like, Petros was just like in a weird haze, like when I saw him, and like I think like that was how (laughs) I felt throughout Mandy. I was just like in this weird haze, and I had like a similar experience to you with that very scene of the kind of like faces mm. melding together and how yeah. like I was just like I don't know like like almost looking for the seams in it and like I was like this is not the mm. time to be looking at how this was technically done and just like i yeah, I said I think I said it to Graham like that experience of watching that film at that time it felt like my brain was leaking out of my ears by the end of it. I was just like that. Yeah.
4: That, that sums it up perfectly. <laughs>
0: um, so you've already given us a a tip of how to survive one of these all night marathons. Um, is there any other tips you would give to anyone who was thinking about whether it's the Nicholas Cage marathon or whatever? Like what would you, be your tips for surviving the night?
4: um i mean like it it's for me kind of the biggest things are it, again if if you're not a smoker avoid natural light really helps um i am an energy drink drinker so that definitely helped kind of me through it um but it definitely you have to tr- go in hoping you don't have to yes and then if you feel like you're so i i managed to stay away from it until after the third film and then it was like right if I'm gonna stay awake I actually I need this now so leave it until as late as you can if you're gonna have to have the caffeine um and I think just kind of go in with the knowledge that you might fall asleep and if you do it's fine yeah like you said like it, it's the films are always going to be there it, it's the most fun part of the experience was just experience it with everyone there like it was such a fun way to watch it. Um, and I mean, uh, I think Graham fell asleep at one point. Um, the other person we with fell asleep, people around us did, but they still all loved the night when they left.
0: Exactly. Like yeah.
4: it's not, it's, it's not going to ruin the night because you fell asleep. Like it's a natural thing. So don't beat yourself up about it if you do. Um, and if you can try and get some annual leave in because you're not gonna, the Sunday isn't enough to recover from that. If you're early thirties. it's uh like like i think i I messaged you today i i think i've recovered from it now
2: yeah
4: it's uh it's it was a weird one i felt like i don't know about you but i felt like it felt like the so the day after you've had a long-haul flight
2: Mm -hmm.
4: so i was basically jet lagged it was such a weird feeling all day but uh yeah. Oh, and and uh, other advice just for future recovery from a marathon, um, like jet lag. Sleep for say three hours, and then push through till your normal, <laughs> the normal time
0: you would go to sleep. Like, <laughs> I just pushed through the whole day and went to bed at nine mm. nine p.m. that night. So, like, I yeah. was I was awake from seven thirty on Saturday till nine p.m. on Sunday. And felt myself getting ill throughout Sunday, like daytime. And then by the time I went to bed, I was like, oh, I've got a cold. And then I've just kind of felt the repercussions the whole week. (laughs) So, like, I don't know if that was, like, bound to happen anyway. Or, like, it was the fact of, like, I was getting a cold. And then it's like, oh, you're going to put yourself through over 35 hours of no sleep and then like really deplete your immune system that really just gave a kicking to like bring it on a lot quicker.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, I think you just need to embrace the fact you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. Um, what what helped us with the marathon as well is uh, also bring like water or fruit juice mm-hmm. or something like that um if all you're drinking is caffeine you're gonna have a bad time but yeah no i I felt awful the the, the day afterwards completely worth it don't get me wrong i am i am there are no regrets for going but
0: god i felt awful on sunday (laughs) amazing well um obviously yeah you host the podcast nobody asked for along with graham um where can people find that podcast and keep up to date with everything that you guys are doing?
4: Uh, so you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and we also now have Patreon. Um, and you can find all of our links, all of our episodes on the podcast. Nobody asked for.co.uk. So go over there check out our latest episode was very meta so it was our first actually today when we're recording is our first birthday as a podcast um along with a lot of indie movie podcasts because i think we all started at the same time um so our latest episode was uh films we haven't talked about yet so films we haven't been able to crowbar into episodes uh, and the episode before that was movies we would have set in space. <laughs> so uh it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, yeah, everything is at the podcast for And
0: where can people find you on socials as well if they if they see? Uh,
4: so socials, Instagram is just the podcast nobody asked for. Uh, Twitter is nobody asked for pod with the number four. Um, and that's kind of where we're we're most active. Um and I'm sure sh- I'm sure. Graham mentioned it before, but indie movie podcast is a lovely place to be. So uh, yeah, come in, yeah. argue with us on those because in the end, that's uh, that's all the podcast ever was. It's just the the arguments we would have in a pub about film. So we love it when people message us with episode ideas or what they thought about episodes. It's uh, it's been a, it's
0: been a great year. Yeah, that's exactly what I love about it. That's I think what podcasting should be. Right? Is like the kind of conversations yeah. you would have with people you know or people you don't know about films you love or don't like or whatever and just kind of have fun and then people are going to enjoy it right yeah
4: yeah exactly <laughs> i'd listen I, i'd listen to it and arguably that's its biggest biggest seal of approval
0: perfect well <laughs> thank you so much ian for coming and uh yeah chatting to me about this this experience that i think uh i've said to everyone who's guested on this special episode that uh we're all now linked like by our souls <laughs> in this kind of experience that we've shared together. We're like, I don't know, in years to come, we'll be like old yeah. numb buddies. You know, like speaking about that fateful, that fateful battle we had at the Prince Charles on that fateful night.
4: Yeah. Just j- just sharing our uh, <laughs> sleep deluded Nicholas cage tattoos. We all decided to get, yeah. it will be, uh, it'll be great. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Thanks again, man, for coming on and joining me.
4: Uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, there you go, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this very special, somewhat recap live report of a fantastic event. And obviously, if you are in the London area, please do check out the Prince Charles Cinema they have another Nick Cage all-nighter coming up as well in November. I'll be sure to put the link in the show notes to grab tickets for that. But always check out what they've got going on. They've always got some great stuff, whether it's Nick Cage or otherwise. And as always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please don't hesitate to leave a rating and review. Five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or wherever you you're listening to this podcast right now. You can also buy me a cup of coffee on the coffee website. So that's ko-fi.com or Patreon, where you can sign up and give me money each month. And yeah, I've got some cool things coming on Patreon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, so as always, guys, I've been Petros Syllabus. I've been Caged In. You've been amazing. Catch you next time.
3: It's family.